Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Special technique of shadow boxing. Yeah, what's up, what's up, what is going on, everybody? This is the May 17, 2020 episode of the Boxing Source Radio Show. I am your host, James Bell, the leader of the Boxing Source. You can find us on social media through Facebook by going to the Boxing Source and liking the page. You can also follow us on Twitter at Boxing Source 2. You can also follow us on Instagram at The Boxing Source. And you can subscribe to The Boxing Source on YouTube. Number to dial in is 347-237-5539. Once again, that's 347-237-5539. Press the one key to get on cue, and you'll be able to talk live on the show. Uh, we have fairly busy show this time around. Um, we want to, uh, you know, have a guest on uh, scheduled for um, pretty much around 8 p.m. Uh, tonight, Eastern Time, uh, as uh, we're planning to have uh, Mr. Austin Trout Um around 8 p.m. Eastern time. And I'm just going to, you know, uh, confirm uh, that here in a few minutes, uh, as he has been uh, one of our consistent guests on this uh, show. And, you know, he has uh, been, you know, a great contributor to this podcast over the years. Um, And we want to have him back on. So uh, we're going to, you know, lock that down. Uh, But um, there are like a few things that we we will be uh, covering here in this particular podcast. So I wanted to, you know, touch on that here for the first uh, 30 minutes of this podcast uh, before we get our special guests on. Um, You know, there have been a few topics that have been talked about. Um, over the course of the week, um, you know, one thing that has been brought up over the past couple of days that uh, we'll uh, bring up, um, it may be following up with that in the next couple of weeks or so. Uh, but, you know, first I wanted to, you know, touch on something that, you know, has still been talked about, you know, in the past few days and, you know, kind of like went through it on this show couple times before, and, you know, in those times I've, you know, said, you know, that this really shouldn't have been much of a topic, um, but seems like uh, 
you know, there have been rumors that have been circulating in reference to Deontay Wilder and that he would possibly take step-aside money uh, for a fight to happen between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua for the Undisputed Heavyweight Championship of the World. And in a podcast a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, this possibility was brought up before. And I had said then that there was no way that Deontay Wilder was going to step aside for a fight of Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua to happen, mainly because there is no way that he is going to give up the amount of money that he would be able to get in the third fight between him and Tyson Fury. Okay. That's number one. Number two, even if he took that step aside money, there is no real guarantee that he would be able to face the winner next because he is not a mandatory challenger to the WBC heavyweight championship. The WBC mandatory is Dylan White. Okay. And Dylan White being the WBC mandatory uh, with also the IBF mandatory being Kubrat Pulev, who would also get step-aside money for a fight of Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua to happen. So you had an IBF mandatory that would have to be fulfilled, a WBC mandatory that would have to be fulfilled, and also a WBO mandatory that would have to be fulfilled, all before Deontay Wilder would be able to get any type of shot for the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world if he stepped aside. So that had clearly been explained in previous podcasts, and that has been put up on multiple occasions over the course of the week. Unfortunately, there had been a quote-unquote report that had been put out that said that Deontay Wilder agreed to have a step-aside for the fight of Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua to happen. And that came from a social media page that has been known to put out fake news multiple times and been called out on it. And because of that, man, it has been going crazy over the past couple of days in reference to that, you know, that news. And, um, you know, for me, that, that has been very upsetting uh, because um, it's, it's like people just want to run with news that, ha- that is not true and just keeps going with it. Um, and for me, I've been listening to, you know, what has been said from both parties, uh, the side of Deontay Wilder and the side of Tyson Fury. Deontay Wilder said a couple weeks ago that he was preparing or going to prepare for his fight against Tyson Fury, whether it was going to be October 3rd or not. And when you have somebody – 
like Deontay Wilder, who has so much pride in himself, so much confidence, quote, unquote, speak a believer, receive it, speak a believer, receive it. You think that Deontay Wilder is going to just step aside for $10 million? Nah, nah. That's not, that's not going to happen. That's half or maybe not even half of what he received for his fight against Tyson Fury on February 22nd. Why would he accept half that to step aside when he didn't even accept $10 million or basically said that he would um, ask for $10 million back in 2014 if a fight between Latimer Klitschko and Bermond Severn happened for the Undisputed Heavyweight Championship. And back then, he wasn't even touching a million dollars. So that's the type of person that we're dealing with. And people actually thought that he was going to take step-aside money for a fight of Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua that happened. Nah, that's, that's just not the case. Not the case whatsoever. Um, other thing that I wanted to briefly talk about is the story that has been circulating over the past few weeks about Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, they're, uh, you know, 53 years old and has his, you know, podcast, Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson, Um, you know, had the, you know, show series that was on Cartoon Network for Adult Swim and whatnot, the Mike Tyson Mysteries. Uh, He has the, you know, um, marijuana business. Uh, that's, you know, going well. Um, but it seems like they had uh, something in reference to him not necessarily being complete. Uh, so he, you know, got himself motivated, got in the gym, started to, you know, work out, um, get into the, you know, boxing ring a little bit and do a little bit of training uh, there. And, and we said, like, the video that he posted um, a few weeks ago, at that time, um, he posted it May 1st. By May 3rd, it had 8.5 million views. 8.5 million views. So, with that being said, that overall uh, momentum, you know, had him to the point where he could be, uh, you know, possibly uh, – you know, training uh, for a fight. And there have been multiple, you know, multiple um, offers for him to step in the ring and fight, whether it's uh, for, you know, a uh, exhibition or, you know, for real. Um, and, you know, like I was saying then, I didn't think that it would actually be uh, for, you know, anything to put in the actual record books, you know, nothing that would be licensed, officially licensed by the Nevada State Athletic Commission or something like that, but an exhibition fight. So with that being said, there had been a possibility that Mike Tyson would be in an exhibition match against, you know, say Evander Holyfield, uh, who had been on the show and whatnot. Um, and, you know, with that being said, uh, he um, was put in a lot of rumors, so to speak. So um, right now it seems like the thing that is circulating around social media is that he is being 
um, lined up for a fight with a fellow uh, New York City, um, you know, New York City a guy, Shannon McKinnon Briggs. So um, I'm going to be going into that in a little bit. Uh, right now, I wanted to get in a caller from the 267 area code. You're on live on the Boxing Source radio show. What's good? What's good, Boxing Source, man? I'm a big fan. Yeah, what's going on, my man? How you doing, man? I'm chilling, man. Oh, man, hey. So, I mean, we got, like, this stuff going on right now, man. Um I was bringing up Shannon Briggs as far as, like, him potentially having a fight with Mike Tyson uh, from an exhibition standpoint. Um, Shannon Briggs did. Yeah, <laughs> Shannon Briggs did say on uh, social media that it's, you know, being in the works uh, about a three- to five-round exhibition fight um, in the New York City area. Um, contacted him directly um, today. And he was like, yeah, that's, you know, going to happen. Um, they're trying to work out the details on it. I'm not necessarily sure if that is, you know, the real deal like Holyfield. But um, so if, if anything else happens, I'll just follow up with them. Um, it's just that, you know, with the initial buzz of this happening, he's going to be hounded. So I didn't necessarily follow up with that um, today. So, I was going to catch up with them later on that, but what do you think about that uh, rumor there? Okay, so it, it puts me in a funny place because I know that Mike is one of Shane, is like Shane Dutero. Yeah. Them both being from the same neighborhood. Yeah. But I also yeah. know fighters. And even if it's an exhibition, if you get Two fighters, two punches in there. It's going to make for an exciting fight. And I think, yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. Yeah. But yeah, you that you know the blood starts pumping, adrenaline, emotions get high. You're going to see some. You're going to see some fireworks, Jr. Trust me. Yeah, and, I, and he did. He did bring it up as far as like them being from the same area. Um, Yo, know, Shannon. At, at one point, you know, looked up to Mike Tyson. Um, you know, it was pretty much like in awe of what Mike Tyson did in the 80s, as, you know, everybody that was a boxing fan did. Um, right? You know, having something to the point where they could, you know, make something happen over in New York City or, you know, around that area would, would bring a lot of interest. And I think that if they did put this thing together, um, they're – you know, people would be able to attend, and it would end up being a fairly good success, especially if they try to add more, you know, to it as far as, like, make the whole event out of it, like a Legends of Boston type of thing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, so. Oh, only one second. Yeah. So, you know, my thing about this is that, um, you know, um, when it comes to, like, this particular fight in particular, um, I would say that it would bring up a little bit of buzz, um, you know, that 
Shannon Briggs is on the on on social media 24/7 365. Uh, so we did have that. He he had been you know pushing for the fight before they actually got to this particular step. So with that being said, you have all the followers on his page, and of course the millions and millions, as you know, the Rock says of followers that are on Mike Tyson's page that if they make this fight and, and, you know, makes it official, you know, as it being an exhibition, then they're going to have the amount of interest that they need in order to make that fight happen. So, you know, that's what I got in reference to, you know, that particular bout. Um, As far as like Shannon Briggs is telling me, he said that they don't necessarily have a date uh, set for it. Um, but they want to, you know, try to make it three to five rounds and, you know, try to go forward with this particular bout. So, I mean, if if things, uh, you know, if we get any updates on it, then if it does go through, I'm going to be, you know, I'll be you know, pretty much hyped for it, mainly because of, you know, what it could do for uh, Mike Tyson and Shannon Briggs uh, from both from both instances because it's like they don't like some fans didn't necessarily want to see if Shannon Briggs would still be in the ring as far as like full time is concerned but he mm. still was able to you know have those fights um, over in the UK a couple years ago so um okay so I don't think yeah. There's, there's no way there can be a date because New York is still like it's still like the number one uh, state or number one city that's going through like you know astronomical yeah. numbers with the coronavirus, right? I do think the interest would be as high as what you're saying because Mike is still maybe the most captivating boxer in the history of boxing. It's yeah. either Mike and Ali because yeah, Floyd got the numbers right, but Floyd wasn't must-see like Mike Tyson. I don't think any fighter in the history has been must-see like Mike Tyson. So even old, right. even 53, we have to see what he looks like. Yeah. Because the thing, the, thing the thing about Floyd Mayweather is Floyd, um, you know, Floyd was like a guy where a lot of people saw him to see if he would lose. So. Yes. You know, people didn't necessarily root for Floyd Mayweather as much as they rooted for Mike Tyson. So that is what separated Floyd from Mike in in that aspect. And so that's why, you know, Mike was able to get as much money as he did at that particular time, which was unheard of, uh, because everybody wanted to see him. Um, You know, whether it was during his run, uh, as the undisputed heavyweight champion or that, you know, second uh, comeback where he was winning those fights up until he fought Evander Holyfield. So, mm. you know, even even after that, um, when it was like years after and he fought Lennox Lewis, like people were still backing him uh, when he was fighting Lennox Lewis. So that's the type of, you know, um, aura that Mike Tyson had and still has, you know, up to this, you know, day because with boxing being a sport of uh, fans that are pretty much our, our age and over, 
they vividly remember what Mike Tyson did in, in his heyday, and they haven't been able to see anybody in the heavyweight division do what he was able to do. So no. that's why he's still, you know, at that particular point. It, it's like, you know, how people view Michael Jordan. It's like they say that nobody, you know, seen anybody do what Michael Jordan did. So that's why they, you know, see these things here with the um, – with the uh, documentary or whatnot, um, and that's what you know keeps you know people um, in the nostalgic sense of mind uh, there with that Last Dance documentary that's been you know going on over these past few weeks or so. You know what I mean, yeah. Um, I think fans are they're getting a little overboard talking about he could beat this heavyweight or that heavyweight. And oh yeah, he could still, you know, come knock out Wilder. Just stop. It's like sixteen years. Was it sixteen years ago? Was it, was it Danny Williams? Yeah, it's been about fifteen, sixteen years ago. Danny Williams and you know that that's Kevin that's McBride. Kevin McBride. Yeah, that's how long it's been. And so on and so forth. So a little eight second clip isn't going to have me forget about those things. Yeah, you know, it's still you know it's good that he's in shape. It's still like he looks good. He looks explosive, but the young dudes, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, 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 <laughs> yeah and, that, and, and that's why and that's why you can't you can't like put Mike Tyson in the ring in there uh, for uh, fights that are scheduled for you know ten or twelve rounds. You couldn't even do it for you know eight rounds. So. That's why he's not gonna, you know, go fully forward with that. This is not something like a, a, a George Foreman. He can't, he can't do that. You know what I mean? Um, right now, I got another caller in two hundred five. What's going on with you, man? Boxing Sports Radio Show. What's going on, fellas? It's Mike Grady calling out of Atlanta. How y'all doing? Hey, how's it going? Going on, Mike. Not much, not much. And y'all talking about Mike Tyson? Talking about he can? People talking about he can come back and beat Wilder and all the other heavyweights and stuff. Off a ten second clip. Well, uh, I, I need I, I actually need another caller to call in because this particular person was talking about Mike Tyson potentially having a chance against the top twenty heavyweight. So hopefully he will call that shit? in. <laughs> hopefully he'll call a current in. top heavyweight. A, top, a current top whatever heavyweight. The current, the current top twenty heavyweight. <laughs> I need you to say a name. I need you to say a yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. We need you to say a name. We need you to say a name. If they point, you need to say it. If they, if they only uh, square. Terrell will call in later on. Who? <laughs> you said Charles? <laughs> no, that's is that who you said? Terrell. Come on, Charles. No, Terrell. That was Terrell. Come on, Terrell. That's even worse. I could have took it if it was Charles. <laughs> oh man! I, yeah, so when I'm, I'm like, wait, what? You said how? Who? What? Nah, man. Nah, nah. Oh, oh man! He would get yeah, hurt uh, bad. Yeah, he would. Yeah, very bad. He would. And the thing about it is, it's like. People know this, and so it wouldn't be like any athletic commission would sign off on it. 
<laughs> like, there's no point, you know? So why why even think about that or consider it? Or you did have your your, your president of the Deontay Wilder fan club say that Mike Tyson was going to fight Deontay Wilder. <laughs> Was that the Greek? Oh, that, the Greek that was, Matthew Brown. Yes, that is the Matthew Brown of Bronx, New York, Bronx stand up or whatever they say in that area. That's who said it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just don't understand where you know all of that talk comes from. Um, in essence, you know, people got to be more realistic. Uh, so. You know, for me, I, I just feel that um, that has to, you know, that has to be, um, you know, set up to a point where, like I said, Mike Tyson would, would be um, able to benefit from an event, you know, like this. So that's why I say, yo, they want to do an exhibition, three to five rounds, get it in, get it on, and get it over with, then no problem. You know, but cool, they, other than that, there really shouldn't be much interest for Tyson to get in the ring. Who is they? They Tyson and who else? Well, as far as like um, exhibition, and who? As far as like exhibition, I was saying that uh, Sandy Griggs was talking about him uh, oh, okay. fight Mike Tyson in the exhibition. Got you, got you. Now that that might be fun or interesting. Yeah. So. But standing big, still in shape, um, right? In some type of shape, right? Oh, uh, what's that? I said Shannon Briggs is still in some type of shape, though, right? Well, yeah, he's he's in some type of shape, but he he kind of uh got a little bit um off of it uh, recently. So he said he's gonna be back in the gym. Uh, to you know, kind of shed off shed off the extra weight that he you know got over the past few weeks or so. So, um, yeah, he said that he was going to be yeah getting in the gym to prepare for um, you know whether whether this fight or you know something else because he was originally supposed to be um, gearing up to fight in bare knuckle. So with him in uh, bare knuckle, then he was gonna get himself in the gym to train for that bare knuckle before this came up. So yeah, that's what that that's what was um you know out there as far as like that uh potential exhibition match was happening. Um you see here I'm gonna get uh Jamil back on oh, you're right. a lot of feedback. Yeah Jamil you're back. Yeah, that that was supposed to be Australia, right? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yo, it, it's Mike, so there's no way you can't watch Mike. No way you can't. But I, I'm 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 waiting on you to touch on all the wild behaviors that ran with the fake news that he was taking seven side money. Oh, I did. That's that. what I'm. Yeah, I did that. The jump. I did that on the now, you you know what I came here for, man. You you know you know why I'm here. How many, like how many times? Hey, I said, look, like I've been teasing about this 
you know, for the past few days, and I'm like, yo, a couple of weeks ago, I, I said there was no way that Deontay Wilder was going to step aside to have a fight with Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua to happen for the Undisputed Heavyweight Championship. One, he wants to avenge his only loss of his professional career. Two, mm-hmm. he got $20 million plus for his fight against Tyson Fury in February 22nd. What makes anyone think that he's going to accept half that amount to step aside? When he would probably get twenty million plus for the third fight, and on top of that, with him not being a mandatory, if he took the step aside, there would be a good amount of time before he would be able to fight either one of those guys. And with the bad relationship that he has with Eddie Hearn, if Joshua wins that fight. Ain't no way he's getting that. They're going to dance. They're going to use every trick in the book to hold that off. And you can't even trust Tyson Fury because if Tyson Fury wins, he can end up just like, oh, I, I'm undisputed. I'm retiring. I retire. Yep. Yeah. Which which would be smart, though. Just you win the belts up yeah. after you win it. But you, but, but you had the bro- belts broken up. But like I said, the thing was mandatory. You already have here here's the other thing. Why in the world would you have Wilder step aside and still think that the fight was going to happen? You still have to pay Kubrat Pulev. Yeah. And then once that's and done, who's going, who's going to get the title shot first? The IBF will. The no, IBF, no, think, think, yeah. no, think look I said look at it. If you if Pulev takes the, the step aside, and Wilder takes the step aside, right? They yep. both got the step aside bills. Yep. Well, who can get the title shot first? Because that's going to be a point Pulev. of contention. Pulev. But, I know, but that's because. the thing. Wilder's not going for that. Wilder's not going for that. Exactly. exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's a, a hornet's mess. It's, just, it's a hornet. It's too many moving parts. So, why not just let yep. the fights happen? Yep. Just go ahead Make those, let those fights happen, and then see see what goes on after that. But even even then, regardless of who you know wins those fights, undisputed title fights still wouldn't happen because you still have mandatory defenses that you have to honor, or hmm. you have to give them set aside money. So the whole talk about the undisputed title fight happening. With all of the mandatories that are due back to back anyway, that just, you know, that was just like way out of the question. But for some specific social media account that actually put that thing out there that Deontay Wilder took step aside money, that was just complete BS. When they should know and, better. And, and this is my thing. How many times yeah. are, now you're a journalist, right, JR? All right, I'm a journalist. How many times are people going to let it's, – it's like a handful of guys keep putting out fake news without anybody calling them on their shit. This is, like the, this is like the seventh or eighth time this year that this particular guy has ran with bullshit, and it turns out to be like have no merit whatsoever, and they hide behind the sources' shield. The sources could be the fucking vending machine guy. 
True. The, the guy right. at, at the snack cart. Right. Yeah, but um, one of the like I don't follow that horror. But but uh, hold, hold on, hold on, real quick. Actually, got got my guest on the line uh, here that I've been you know having on the show a good amount of times, and uh, glad to have him on again. He is the uh, former. Super welterweight champion from New Mexico, Austin, no doubt Trout. You're on uh, the Box of Souls radio show. What's up? What up, y'all? Hey, thank you for having me on again. It's a pleasure. Yeah, thank you very much for coming back on here, Austin Trout, man. I, uh, you know, see that you, you know, uh, just chilling out there. Um, so what's been going on uh, with you uh, over the past uh, couple months after, you know, you being in the ring? Uh, over in uh, the end of the Mountain Gods Resort and Casino uh, back in February? Man, you know, I've just been trying to, you know, stay sane, stay safe, stay healthy, keep my family safe and healthy, uh, trying not to kill my own family. You know, we kind of just around each other a lot lately. Um, but it's been it's been good eye-opening time. Me and my family bonded in ways that we normally wouldn't have um, the environment's getting better. Uh, so looking on the bright side of things, I may not be in, you know, have a job right now, but there's a lot of positives to it. You know, it put a lot of things in perspective about what's important in life. And at least for me, it did. Yeah, I feel you on that. I feel you. I mean, you, in in this time, you, you have time to, like, reflect and, and think about, you know, what's been going on around your um you know, your area and, you know, like you said, you know, spend time with your family, bond with your family uh, a little bit more and, you know, have that um, relationship build uh, more in in that instance. But, you know, um, you know like I was saying, uh, before this whole thing was going down, you had a, you know, fight uh, with uh, Rosebell Montoya uh, where you got a TKO victory. And remember, the, like the last time that we spoke, you were, you know, kind of building up to – getting to that welterweight division and competing in the welterweight division. Um, so, like, how was having this last fight getting you prepared to get down to welterweight? Well, you know, it showed me that I can make you, and I can make you fairly easy. Well, you know, I made 149, um, and I, I wasn't killing myself. I wasn't dying. You know, I was hungry, but my spirits was up, and um, it just showed me that I can make it and feel strong. Now, the next test, honestly, is going to be, um, what my endurance is feeling is hitting for at 147, and I and I can't wait to get that test, you know. And depending on who's available and who I can get that test with, but you know, obviously a durable welterweight, and um, so that that's that's kind of the step I'm at now. I want to check out my endurance. Yeah, and and that's gonna be you know something for us to see there with, with you being uh, at that. Uh, five nine seventy two with the seventy two uh, inch uh, reach. That's going to be you know good amount of problems uh, for for the welterweight division and the way that you fight as far as like being slick and very defensive minded. That it'll be a tough uh, out for any of those welterweights that are out there. Oh, absolutely! I think I match up very well with the top welterweights, and, and I love to prove it with the the, the mid. The, the kind of the mid-level welterweights, 
to make my way up to the top. And don't get me wrong, I'm still down to go to the Super Welterweight for the right fight, especially if I can get my revenge on some of these um, champions. Mm. So, hey, so you say that they got there for Super Welterweight that you, you don't mind uh, getting back at them. So maybe a, a rematch with um with Jared Hurd that might be yeah, the card for you then. You know, I, I would love to, I would love to make that rematch happen for sure. Especially being active, you know. Heard is a very tough, durable opponent, and uh, I'll be ready to do beat him up for twelve rounds, given another chance. That's it now. I mean, you had that fight uh, there against uh, Jared Heard. You also had uh, the uh, fight with Jamel Charlo. Uh, who is currently the WBC uh, Super Welterweight Champion, and also that fight with Terrell Gauche at uh, 154 pounds. So all of those matchups uh, there would be you know, very attractive for you. I would love to have every one of them. But, you know, I am still focusing on the welterweight because I don't feel like they want that smoke. So maybe we get some welterweights that, that uh, want to try it. All right, yeah, so... Yeah, in the welterweight division, I mean, you have those champions out there, unified champion Errol Spence Jr., uh, Terrence Crawford, Manny Pacquiao with the belts, former champion Sean Porter, Danny Garcia. Um, you know, but like you said, that welterweight division has a lot of uh, guys there that, you know, are willing to compete at a, at a fairly high level. Um, you know, like yep. Jordan yep. Lugas or, um, yep. you know, Jose Cito Lopez, Sergey Lefignette. Um, Jamal James, like <laughs> I could name, you know, a good number of fighters. Names for days. There should be no problem getting a good fight with a good name. I like that Jose Lopez. I, I like the Ugas. Uh, I, I, you know, every name you name, I like, and I would like to put my hat in, you know, and stay busy with every one of them. Yeah, feel you, feel you. Um. Actually, I might have like a couple more that that I see in there, but looking yes seems like a, a, a fairly attractive that I think could be made. Um, I was going to see if there was like uh, um, maybe it's Thomas Delorme, but I don't know how his uh, uh, his management situation is. So yeah, that's said. Um, you know, there's a few fighters out there that you could you know go ahead and face to you know get yourself. Um, playing it in the 147-pound division uh, before, you know, competing against, you know, the higher-tier fighters there at welterweight. Absolutely. And, and I can beat them cats, too, all of them. So, so let's do that. Yeah, feel you, feel you. Now, uh, how, how was it, um, you know, having that fight um, over in Aruidoso, um against Montoya? I mean, it was cool. We packed it out. It was a good stay busy, test the waters fight. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm happy to be able to move in the way I want to move. And, and Impact Network is allowing that for me. Hey, how, how was it, uh, you know, working or having that fight on that network? It was good. I mean, the, the production was, was professional. You know, they, they uh, it looked really good on TV. 
You know, they're they're getting a lot of B-roll out of, uh, what's the word, things for, for like, a reality show that they put together, which is all great mm-hmm. footage. Just, just good content. And, um, you know, they try to spin it with a positive, you know, godly vibe so that, you know, I'm very spiritual. But I, I like you. And it's yeah, going to be a good place for black fighters to be seen because they, they're going to have mad dates whenever, you know, it's time to come back. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's something that I was going to, you know, talk about as far as, like, you know, having that type of thing uh, for uh, boxing when it comes back up is how that particular network is going to, you know, work with fighters to have fights uh, coming on. Absolutely. Keep us busy because one of the problems of us fighters are having is we don't have there's not enough fights to go around. You know, we uh we have to wait for somebody to throw a fight. Well, if they keep throwing fights, you know, once, twice a month, that just means more more chances for us to work. Yep. True, true. Now, I'm going to see if I could uh, add in a caller from the 646 area code. Uh, he is the self-proclaimed president of the Deontay Wilder fan club, Mr. Matthew Brown. What's going on? Can I get a bomb squad from the congregation? Come on, man. Bomb, bomb squad. squad. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, I heard that you got um the the – Former champion uh, Austin Trout on the line with you right now. How you doing today, Austin? I'm doing good, man. How you doing, fam? I'm doing pretty good. I, I I was able to watch your last fight on um the the impact level. Um, how did you get like um hooked up with them, and um what are your plans with them for the future? So Teresa Tapia, the late and great Johnny Tapia's uh, widow, she got me in contact with Steve Marcano. And, uh, you know, he's like, do you believe that we can be the boxing place? I said, yeah, you can believe it. You, I believe it so much I want to be the first headliner. So um, we, we kind of just started from there in and, and Brian Camp. And, and like I said, the production was great. It looked good on TV, I thought. Um, they let me guide them a bit for the boxing side because, you know, they were a little bit green in that. But even with that, with their, their feet just barely getting wet, they pulled it off wonderfully. Oh, so you ain't you ain't have nothing to do with the musical performance uh, in between uh, the the fights, right? Nah, I sure did. Okay, I didn't good. Know what, uh, good, good. I good, didn't even know good. what we was doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what what what's going on with your situation uh, with the WBO? I know they unfairly took a title shot from you uh, before. I feel like it was a couple years ago now. Uh, did that yeah. ever get uh, situated? It, it hasn't, but we did just ha- uh, finish up a, a hearing, and they, you know, because they're trying to, they've been trying to prolong the whole lawsuit, and you know, they're trying to take it to arbitration, and and we've already done so many things that we shouldn't be going to arbitration. So we had a hearing on whether or not to go to arbitration, and so we're going to hear about that. You know, it, it's coming along slowly. Um, I feel like they're they're stalling because they know at the end of the day I'm right. And they're clearly wrong. So, you know, prayers up for that. This is this is a case that fighters have been waiting for for a long time. Uh, the judges even straight up say, like, this is kind of unfair the way your rules are are, are made. So, hopefully, we can get those changed. Uh, but what's your what's your exact beef with them? 
So what happened was I was ranked the top. Uh, actually, I was ranked third, right? Canelo was ranked second. Cotto was ranked first. Cotto and Canelo were about to fight each other for the WBC middleweight title, pushing me at three to one and Liam Smith, who's four, to, to number two. Uh, with the belt going up vacating, they were supposed to have me and Liam Smith fight each other for the vacated belt. What they did was, um, after a certain amount of of money was transferred, and we will get that in the discovery, I was taken out of the rankings. Uh, I believe a fighter named John Thompson was thrown up into that, that ranking, into my spot, and him and Liam Smith got to fight for the belt. Liam Smith knocked out Thompson in the seventh round. I'm sitting there like, yo, what the hell? What You know, that's my title shot. They're like, oh, it was a mistake, sorry. They threw me back in the rankings, but they threw me back in at like seven or eight. <laughs> and so we were like, look, that's not right. We need that title shot. We need that, that same everything to make it right. Basically make it right, or we're going to have to go ahead with litigation. They didn't want to make it right, so here we are, three freaking four years later. Wow. That's, uh, see, CJR, this is why I'm always against these organizations and promoters and all that. Uh, you know, this this is ridiculous, man. This guy earned his title shot. He was there in the rankings, and they just took him out. It doesn't make yeah. any sense, no? It, it don't, uh, man. Yeah, yeah, the WBO, uh, yeah, they uh, be on that BS, man. I guess that's why, uh, you know, PBC don't recognize him. Uh, right now, exactly. uh, hey. you saw what uh, the trustee was doing for Lackey. We, oh, we, yeah. We discussed yeah, the yeah, Lackey situation. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> three, three, one, uh, two, you're on, but this on the Bison Source Radio Show with Austin No Doubt Trout. What's going on? Yo, what's going on, y'all? How y'all feeling? How you doing, brother? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Just really, just, just I'm just tuning in, so. Y'all go ahead. Welcome. <laughs> I appreciate you, you coming in. No problem. Yeah. Yeah, man. You were talking about the whole thing with Gawaki and uh oh, they still really hadn't you know, uh sorted that out uh completely uh, there with what happened over in uh uh with his last fight uh there. So, you know, that that's a lot of things to like kinda like go through, but um, you know, back with Austin Trout here, man. Um, you know, one thing, one of the usually go through this with um, you know, my guests now. Um, like as far as like uh, books, I, I kind of ask my guests like what books they you know read or kind of like um, point to as far as like the best book that they've read. So, what was that for you? The best book or books, plural. Or books, it yeah. Be, well, as a, man, as a man think it, as a man think of it, is a dope one. It's small, like it's a little great handbook to like get you on check. Uh, as a man think of, highly recommend. I make my children read it. Um, uh, get rich or think and grow rich. You know, I like um, the art of war. Thirty-three, the thirty-three laws of war. That's another real good one that I, I really I, I read it numerous times and I just uh I just got done with the subtle art to not give a fuck. So Oh that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> catch me not giving no I give no fucks right now. <laughs> real good at that. 
sell tickets to get their purse. So it's gonna yeah. it's gonna affect that type of promoter and the load to even mid level fighters. You know, um, if the only people that are not gonna be affected is the ones that got the TV. You know, if you got TV, then you're good because the money wasn't coming from the people anyway. So, do you think you'll see more of that, or or a, a lot less? Because the which one do you think you'll see more of, or will it be a mix? What What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think we're gonna we're definitely gonna see more streaming because that's not something we was really doing much of. But there's definitely gonna be less fights. You know, it's not gonna be worth. Because not just do you have the the gate, but you also have the merch. You got the the uh, concession. You know, there's a lot of avenues of money that's being taken away. Definitely, definitely. And I don't think fighters are going to get paid like they used to. They're going to say the same thing. Well, we're not making this, we're not making that. So, you know what I mean? You can't make this. Yeah. Yeah, and like like you were saying, the part about most of the fighters usually get their money from the ticket sales that they get um, for, for the fans going into the arena. Now that is you know, taken away from them for, you know, the next, you know, I would say four or five months uh, at least. So, like you said, the only other way that they could get it is from uh, TV guarantees. So it has to be like yeah. someone, you know, like that Impact Network that says, okay, I'm going to invest this amount of money, um, you know, for the sport of boxing, and you get the fighters, you put them on, you sit, you know, you use that budget to get those fighters on, uh, to make fights and do a whole fight card to put on like an impact network or, you know, uh Fox sports one or something like that um, for them to generate the audience and get, you know, the uh, enough amount of people uh, to watch the product so that they'll get the return that they want to get from the investment that they make. So right, I think that's going to be one of the major obstacles that they have uh, here for the next few months. I, I agree. I'm not sure where boxing is going to go. I do know it's going to survive because boxing is a survivor and it ain't going nowhere, but it's just going to be something different and innovative. I was thinking, like, while there's such a, a void, maybe whenever we can start sparring again, we start streaming the sparring. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. Fun, we, you know, we do some crazy stuff with the sparring. So I have a thinking that might be the next move. Yeah, yeah. Because, I think people I mean, will tune in even, to see that. Yeah, I, I just don't, you know, I think people are just feeling for some type of live action that, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, an actual fight. It could just be sparring. Like, you could give, you know, people an inside look of, you know, what y'all are doing in the gym. And that yeah. would make, you know, fighters more accessible or, you know, people could relate to the fighters more by by doing something like that. And and you'll you'll start if that was the takeoff you'll end up seeing people some fighters that you would have never known was had the ability to beat up say Floyd Mayweather because you know there's people that spar sparring wise they can smack Floyd but then when it comes to a fight fight they'll get beat up by journeyman it's just weird how how that happens but you'll start getting some of these unsung heroes that help get all the champions ready right yep right that's true. Good point. 
And I'm also thinking, like, you can play with the sparring. Like, the round robin, you know, the three-on-one, <laughs> do two-on-one at a time and, and shit like that. Yeah. Be I mean, it, 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 it definitely could get pretty entertaining in the, in the gym. It could definitely get entertaining. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Boxing Stories, y'all help me stream my sparring. I'm going to let y'all know. I'm going to go live or something. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely, yeah. I'll, uh, you know, post that up, uh, you know, once you do it. Because, I mean, I get, like, especially you do it, like, through Instagram. You know, I'll get that notification, and then you'll be able to share it. Or um, if they, you know, are able to do it through your Facebook page, like, people could go on that uh, Awesome Load Out Shout Facebook page and, you know, be yep. able to share it through Facebook as well. No doubt. Um, I'm going to keep working on that. Yeah. So, you know, like I was saying, like, when, when we started, um, you know, having you on, like, you were one of those rarities because you come from, you know, New Mexico. And like I was saying there before, like, you know, not many fighters come out of New Mexico and um, be able to be um, at the level that you were at. So, like I was saying before, like, how is it to – you know, kind of like come from, you know, that area of the country and, and get to this particular point, you know, this far in your professional career? Well, you know, I, I tell people in New Mexico, it's, it's it's the Wild West, you know what I mean? We uh, It ain't nothing for a fist fight to, to happen, and, and that's where, that's how a lot of people out here grew up, you know, like, if you have, have, have a problem, we go fight it out. So, like, a lot of these people out here are tough, and I had to be tough growing up figuring out um, how to throw these hands. And um, it's a blessing, you know, to be able to come up from here and, and being able to stay here. And the reason why I'm still here is because my kids are here. You know what I mean? I can't leave nothing behind. But, um, you know, this, this is a little town vibe. I love it. You know, it, it's uh, it's not too many people. I think I have 100,000 people in my city. And, and everybody looks out for everybody for the most part. And so you know, it's like a you know huge huge community or huge neighborhood with a uh, hundred thousand hundred thousand people out there. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yep. So um, yeah, going back into you know your fighting career, whether it's like amateur or pro, um, notice you you know you've had those notable fights that we talked about: Del Cotto, Canelo Alvarez, Arislandi Lara, um, Charlos, but. We hadn't really like touched on your amateur career uh, all that much, so um, you know, go into that a little bit before you, you know, uh, became a pro. Yeah, I had um, I had a pretty good amateur career, like two hundred fights. Um, I was the two thousand four Olympic alternate. I lost to Vonis Martin in the box offs. Uh, I was a two thousand four national champion. I got to do like. Man, like quite a few international duels and, and represent, you know, Team USA. Um, I got to go to the Olympics, you know, although I wasn't fighting, I was a training partner. And that was probably, you know, to this day, one of the greatest experiences I've ever um, been able to see. Yeah, that's, um, <clears throat> yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, like you said, you, you fought the likes of Beans, Montrosian. Um, I think you may have, uh, been in the ring with uh, Daniel Jacobs and Demetrius Andrade as well, right? Yeah, I fought Daniel Jacobs like three times, and uh, I showed you I fought Demetrius Andrade in the amateurs as well. Yeah, those are like you know good good battles there, good battles. Um, so 
you know, when you when you did uh, win that super welterweight championship against Rigoberto Alvarez uh, there, like, you know, how was how was that experience there back in 2011? Oh, man, yeah, it was, it's right up there at the Olympics. Um, you know, going in, I went to Mexico fighting the, the Mexican champion, who was also Canelo's brother, you know, who's loved in that town, his hometown. Um it's crazy because I remember my manager, he was like, look, we don't have to go. We don't have to go. And I was like, man, let's go. I've been waiting for this title shot for a year and a half. You know, I was I was actually shelled for a year and a half because I was a mandatory and I couldn't take a fight until he fought me. It's crazy. And, and they allowed that to happen. But anyway, I'm not, I'm not bitter wait, at wait, all. Wait, 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 wait. You, you were the mandatory and you couldn't fight until they fought you? Exactly. So if I fought anybody but the champion – then I would lose my spot. And I'm like, where do they do that at? Bro, I've, I've been, but the champion, I've been but the champion I've been, could fight anybody. Straight up. So I was wow. been jerking around by Pelton all my career. And I still won one. You know what I mean? Because they didn't expect that. When I went over there and, and, and tore him up, right before I went, I had a dream that I was eating in my hometown, a little Mexican restaurant that I like to go to. And for some reason, like, these are – a bunch of these Hispanics just kept trying to jump. Hey, shorty. I'm sorry. Is this old lady almost hit me? Anyway, and they were trying to jump me, and I was just, like, laying everyone out. One by one by one by one. And then once I looked around, I was like, what What the heck does that even mean? I was like, oh, God said you good. Go to Mexico. You're straight. And it was fine. You know what I mean? I was treated, I was treated better there in Mexico, and I fought there numerous times. Then I was treated in Texas when I fought Canelo. Let's just put it like wow. that. Wow. Mm. Wow. And and you had like a good amount of fights over in Texas, uh, you know, area before uh, that Canelo fight. Yeah, it was, it was it was a lot stacked up against me, but you know, I was still cocky. I I knew I could do what I could, what I was able to do, and it was close, but no cigar. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Close. And, yeah, and I, you know, I brought up the um, you know fight that you had against Miguel Cotto in uh, Madison Square Garden. Like being in that you know particular atmosphere, you know the world's most famous arena, as they like to call it, and uh, you were able to get that win there, um, you know to you know defend that WBA Super Welterweight Championship. So um, you know that was like the high point of your career. Um, of yeah, I'm trying to get that back. Yeah, and and like you said, um, there was that Canelo fight. You were like, yo, you were able to get that uh, decision and be the unified super welterweight champion, and that could have lined you up for uh, Floyd Mayweather at the time. Yeah, yeah, and it was a it was it was a great experience. But I knew everybody was down me, and I knew I was gonna win. I just knew it. And it's funny because the WBA they came. I, they gave me a raggedy belt whenever uh, I won the belt. Right? I was like, this ain't new. I need a new belt. So they're like, all right, cool. We'll bring you a new one. Well, they brought me a new one, but they also brought a new one from Cotto because they thought he was going to win. So whenever mm-hmm. I won, they had to give me two brand new belts. So I have three replicas of the WBA version of the belt uh, in my house that I, I am never going to sell. I promise you that. Um I was I was definitely messed up the Canelo Cotto fight the first time, which is why I think that they did not let me mess up the Canelo Mayweather fight. Right. 
Yeah, because I mean, yeah, the, the, um, yeah, they were trying to build for that, you know, kind of like a super fight of sorts uh, there in uh, 2013. And man, I, I just didn't like that fight over in uh, Texas, man, because. Yo, like I was saying before, man, open scoring number one. I was like, man, I knew this is this is basically a whole setup, man. Cause like I, I just don't like open scoring. Um, yeah, it was and, trash. And, you know, because yeah. I mean, like for me in that particular fight, it's like, man, you mean to tell me that y'all have Canelo ahead by that much? No, no. Yeah. And if it, they right. make it like that, it's like, oh. Now I know that I have to try to go for a knockout to win. And I'm like, uh, I can't. And that's not, if it's not how I, like, approach my fight, as far as, like, being aggressive is concerned, then I have to make this, you know, full adjustment. Then that throws me off my game, especially if I'm not comfortable of trying to, you know, do that. You know what I mean? It absolutely did. And, you know, I haven't seen Canelo run from anybody you know, except for Triple G, like he did me in that fight. But he knew if he just stay, if he stayed standing, he won the fight. Yeah. So, also, yeah. did you did you see the scores while like? So I know it's open scoring and we could see everything, but but were you getting like live updates of the scores and like you knew that you were in rounds that you was like, God dang, I put a lot on him. They gave him the round. Were you like being updated of the rounds as it went live in the fight? Yeah, bro. So the fourth round, and I was just getting into the rhythm too. He was reaching and everything. It was the fourth and eighth round that he gave the scores. And I, I get back to the point. I tell my coach, "Oh, he's reaching now. You know, I'm about to start sitting on some shit." He gets the scores. He looks at me. He's like, "All right." I said, "What did they say?" He's like, "Oh, no judge gave you any rounds. You lose them every round on every judge card." Are like, you fucking kidding me? He's like, "All right, you can't box them no more. They don't respect you. Go get them. You have to go after them." So from the fourth round on, you know what I mean? I was just trying to force something, man, and and was never in the rhythm. You know, I was just just trying to be the aggressive. The eighth round, I got a couple rounds here and there, but I did get dropped in that seventh round, so it didn't matter. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, that's that's real unfortunate, and you know, I'm sure a lot of people watching that fight, myself included, was like, "This is some bullshit," you know, and and. Like, I, I asked you that question to ask you, like, what were you, like, I, you just said what you were thinking, but it, it really takes someone to, like, like to gut check yourself because you know, like, it's literally not a lot you can do other than just go for it, and that that is not, like, what you would naturally do. Like, you won the fight by doing what you did, which was, you know, using your movement and stuff. So, yeah, man, it's, you know, I take my hat off to you for, for dealing with it, for dealing with the adversity and still, you know, trying to, Meet the occasion. No, I appreciate that, man. You know, it's not nothing I can do or say that won't make you sound better. So I just try to stay humble and keep pushing. But he's going to run out of people to fight. And the way I'm about to run through these welterweights, I'll make that rematch happen too. Inshallah. Speaking of that, uh, Trout, I got a question. Um, Do you think – if you could, if you go back, if you could go back, uh, would you have moved down to 147 a little bit sooner? Yeah, I mean, I used to be the big like, dude at 154, and I didn't feel like there's any reason. I never thought that I could make it, but then when I started applying a little more discipline in between fights, that's when I was like, oh shit, I can really, I can make this. 
has got yeah. to stay more, yeah. you know, more more disciplined. So I'm making way better now than I was when I was like 27. Yeah, because I'm it's thinking crazy. like uh, after the fight you had with uh with with Canelo, now probably after Lara, after you fought Lara, uh, if you would have went down to 147 right there and got in the mix. And you know, ain't no telling where you're at. You'll be at right now at this point. You know what I mean? That's true. That is true. Yeah. Yep. Now, um, going through your professional career, um, I, I did bring up the thing of uh, being at Madison Square Garden. But other than Madison Square Garden, what venue would you say is the favorite venue that you fought at? Um, Barclays is never given. It's beautiful. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, Barclays. But the garden, of course, that takes DK. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm tripping. Uh, Stable Center. Stable Center is the number two. For sure. Who did you buy at Stable Center? That was the second Charlo, Jermel. Jermel. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a pretty uh, good venue for uh, boxing matches. Uh, the Staples Center, um, you know, we had like you said, you had that Jamel Charlo fight there, um, and we've had of course a few notable fights over at that venue over the course of you know many years. So yeah, that's a you know, good little venue to have um, high high skill uh, boxing matches. Um, like revisiting the thing about you know you being at welterweight. Um, Seeing like you kind of like change things up in order to try to make that, um, like go go into like what you've been doing in order to you know get down to pretty much at the level that you're at right now, so that you can uh, make one forty seven without much issues. Well, I stopped getting so heavy in between fights. That's one thing, um, and and the way I was able to do that is I I don't eat meat uh, in between fights. When I'm getting ready for a fight, I'll eat a little bit of meat, and usually it's fresh kill game type deal, nothing store-bought. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I turned vegetarian, really, I guess, pescatarian, because I can't, I love me for fish taco. Uh, but I don't eat meat in between fights, and so my weight doesn't get up so high. And, you know, I do things like intermittent fasting, uh, stay in the gym, uh, things like that also contribute to, to helping myself not get too big. So what would you say? What, what what would you say your max weight is right now? Like when you're not fighting, like what what is the highest you will go up to? Like one seventy. Okay, cool. And I used to be yeah, at like that's good. One eighty five. You know what I mean? One eighty six. Yeah, yeah. One seventy is good, man. Cause it's some wet shit. There's some wet weights out here that be walking around one eighty, one eighty five and shit. Yeah, right. Aaron Spencer, he's he's another one that made me say, look, <laughs> he can do what I can do. Like, he's my guy. Even even Crawford, man. man. Crawford got on the scale. He was 177, and, and that was after he had just moved up from 140. Damn. <laughs> yeah, he had. Yeah, he posted a picture yeah. on um on social media. He was showing his weight, and he and he was 177. That was right before he had fought uh what what what's the the uh the Australian guy? Jeff Horn. Jeff Horn for the title. Yeah, that was right before that. So. Yeah. Yeah, so these guys be big, man. These, these guys definitely be big, packing on weight. Yeah. So imagine where these 154-pounders are coming from. Them cats are coming from 200 pounds easily. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. Yeah. Especially and, like um, Herd and 
You know? Heard and, and Jamal Charlo. That's why Jamal, I was like, God damn, this dude is huge. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. I mean, with with, with uh, Jamal Charlo and Jamel Charlo, you know, like back, you know, a few years ago, you know, I saw a picture of, you know, them two with Andre Ward. And they were looking bigger than Andre Ward, man. And I'm like, come on, yeah. man. I don't, know yeah. how they, I don't know how they naturally made 154 pounds. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it don't make sense, man. Yeah, you got uh, well, I Jared will say this, I will say this about the Cholos. I never see them out of shape, even in between fights. I will say that about yeah. them. They always feel like they're in, in, in pretty good shape. Yeah, me yeah. too. I don't know. I, 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 I can get them that. I can get that to them. Them, uh. You know, guys like Crawford, he's, you know, always pretty good shape in between the fights. So, I guess, you know, it all depends on what you do in between the fights, like you said. Yeah, true, yeah. man. You're talking about they with uh, Errol Spence and, um, you know, last year after the uh, Mikey Garcia fight, he said he got up to 189 pounds. And I'm like, what? Like, you got to 189 pounds before your fight against Sean Porter. Like, nah, man, like, you yeah, that's got and, like, and he and he, de- he definitely said that out of his mouth. Yep. And I was like, my <laughs> goodness, like you you dropping over forty pounds just to you know make weight for you know a unified title fight? Uh, you can't. I, I I don't I don't know how long he's gonna be down there in that particular weight. Um, but you know, like you said, there. Uh, like I said, Austin, uh, with you being around the 160s, you know, it, it won't take you that much to, you know, get down to 147 uh, when it's time to, you know, get ready for a fight. Man, this, man, look, at 170, it's guys that's at 140 that walk around at 170, man. Straight up. So that's why I'm like, I need to come down and uh, yeah. pick on somebody my own size. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> great, great. Man, great. Great idea, man, for your career. Hey, thank you, bro. I appreciate that. No problem. Yeah, so um, anyone uh, listening in live that wants to, um, you know, call in if they want to have a, a question there for Austin, no doubt, Trout, you can call in at 347-237-5539. That's 347-237-5539. You're seeing here for my other guy here, uh, Matt. You you still there with us, Matt? Yeah, I'm, I'm here, Jr. Uh, true that, true that. I didn't know if you had like another question for uh, Austin Trout or not. Yeah, I got a, I got a couple more questions actually. Um, I was just listening because you guys were doing like I don't know. I was just captivated by everything I was talking about. But I wanted to know um, from Austin um, if Al Heyman is still involved um, in your career right now. Uh, no, not not necessarily. Um, we we don't have any contract, anything. We, I uh, left on good terms, you know. When I went, when I got approached by this uh, Impact Network, I asked for his blessing, and you know he I, he gave it to me. So you know, no hard feelings. The thing at the time was I wasn't being a a, a priority. So you know, and I understand business is business. So I had to go and make sure that I would make myself priority. So, no, I don't have any uh, necessary ties with Al Haney. Uh, I hope he does throw me a bone and give me one of his, you know, Porter, Thurman, you know, such as that uh, later when I make enough noise. 
Yeah, that was one of the other questions I wanted to ask you. Like, who's on your your hit list at 147? You know, of the fights that you that you want to have while you're down there to um, end out your career. Oh, I love. I would love to fight Adrian Broner. I would love to fight Danny Garcia, Keith Thurman, Sean Porter, and Harold Spence. In that order. Uh, do you have any interest in fighting um, maybe one of the 147-pound guys from, like, a different promotional outfit, somebody yeah. like an Amir Khan, Cal oh, Brooks, yeah. uh, Terrence Crawford, Virgil Ortiz, all guys like that? Absolutely. I would love to fight any and all of them. And I'm a free agent, so there should be no reason why we can't make any of these fights happen. Um, is there a particular sanctioning body that you're, that you're going to be fighting for? Um, down at 147 that you're looking to get uh, ranked in to maybe position yourself to a title shot? Uh, probably not the WBO, but um, <laughs> 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 probably not them. And I know Crawford has that belt, but we'll have to figure something out. You know, the hey, you never know. The WBO, the WBO might, uh, you know, to settle your case, might give you a, a title shot. Uh, at that 147 strap. You never know. Yeah, but can you trust them to give you a, a fair title shot? I can't. Nah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, Matt, come on now. You know, WBO can't be trusted like Jake the Snake Roberts, man. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're Maybe maybe the WBA uh, took the sauce in the answer in, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I represented them once for you know two years and and everything. You know, I jumped through the hoops they wanted me to. I would love to represent them again. Yep, and you know they they have a good amount of uh, world champions out there. We know that Manny Pacquiao was the champion, but. They, you know, have a couple of belts out there for those guys like uh, Alexander Bisping and uh, Virgil Ortiz. So, you know, as long as you're able to put your, you know, name in the hat in the WBA rankings, then you could, you know, contend for uh, one of those titles that are out there. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm coming for them. You know, like are, you said, worried, I'm are you worried at all that not having, like, um, any type of like affiliation with one of the big power brokers in boxing might prevent you from, you know, earning like your place in the rankings for a title shot. Yeah, I'm worried about it, but I don't, I don't dwell on things I can't control. I can't. There's nothing I can do about that for real. So, you know, except like you know, try to sign up with them. But we, you know, we we'll have to cross that bridge when we get there. So, yeah, I just can control what I do, and that's the training. That's, you know, the interviews like this. Um, that's the calling out and, and being ready to back up the, the trash I'm talking. Yeah, All right, true. Um, so, yeah, this was uh, going through – you know, more uh, in here as far as, like you were saying, about being a free agent, you know, giving, a, giving you that type of leeway. Um, what what do you think that you're, you know, trying to do here in the next couple of fights to kind of, like, put you in that position? Because, you know, some fighters might be, like, saying, like, 
you know, I know that you're a tough fight, so I don't know about, you know, fighting you. So what could you, like, kind of, like, put as, like, a incentive in order to get them to be more interested in fighting you? I got a name. You know, my name carries respect in the game. They know not only have I fought everybody, but I give everybody a run for their money. And a, uh, a decent, not just a decent, but, a, you know, a dominating win over me is something that the best of the best have not been able to do. But, like, you know, I got a name that I bring. And, and again, I'm going to stay busy. So my numbers are going to start going up. You know what I mean? And as these wins, these knockouts keep going up, going up, I'm going to have my own highlight reel and, and make that name bigger. So that, that's kind of the plan. We, I, I'm standing on a name now. And I'm gonna build that name to be even bigger. Hey, you there, man? Um, because yeah, like you said, man, you, you you had that hit list that you were talking about as far as like the guys here, Sean Porter, Aerosmith, Jesus, and things like that. But you know, we kind of like brought it up a little bit earlier, like the the guys like uh, Jose Cito Lopez and the Sergey Lipinets. I, I I don't see like much of a problem of having those fights being made. Right, and I, like I said earlier, I don't mind taking those fights, which I feel like should get me to the the top tier hit list that I have. You know, the Josecito Lopez, the Miguel Cruz, the Lipinetti, the the Ugas's, the I mean, there's plenty of welterweights and good welterweights with good names, respectable names. That that I feel can propel me to get to that top tier. Agent Broner, yeah. I would love Agent Broner. I say it again. Um. So Austin, what are you gonna do to uh, basically promote yourself and put yourself out there more now that you don't have um really a promotional outfit behind you? In all honesty, even when I was with PBC, it wasn't like they was promoting me. The only time I ever got promotions is when the fight was already made. You know what I mean? So um, I kind of just do what I've been doing. I got a marketing company behind me that's going to help, you know, with the, the social media, growing those numbers, growing uh, my YouTube. Like, like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to try to get this whole sparring streaming. So um, I think that should take off. So we, we, we're doing a little bit um, – we have some what's the word I'm looking for? Some ideas of how how to make my name get bigger uh, on the marketing side. Yo, Chad, I got I got another question. Um, I know you said that you're not uh you're not contractually tied to Heyman or anything like that, but you guys are still on on, on pretty good terms, uh, correct? So uh, do you think that it would be po- how easy do you think it would be for you to you know, be able to con- your people to be able to contact him and get you a fight with like somebody like uh, Lipinje or Jose or Lopez. Well, because again, what Al's done already is he's used my name to propel his other fighters, and um, for a Lipinje or for a, for a Jose and Lopez, that'd be Al doing the same thing, trying to use my name to propel that fighter. Because they're like. For for Jose the Lopez, a win over Austin Trout would be exactly what he needs to get back in the game, I think. And vice versa. Right. But those are very winnable fights for you, though. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Very winnable fights. So, I mean, he might keep them away, but I, I would think he would give me them before he would give me somebody like 
Sean Porter or Keith Thurman. Oh, well, I mean, well, if you can get a Sean Porter, Keith Thurman first, then that'd be even better. I mean, you know. exactly, exactly. But I, I think I would, I could get a, a Jose Lopez or Miguel Cruz before I could get a, a Thurman. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, um, like you were talking about the whole thing in reference to the social media part. Um, so, like I did, you know, talk about the thing for you on, uh, you know, Instagram, No Doubt Trout, and you know, Facebook. They could just look up Austin No Doubt Trout. Um, but yeah, like you have a, a YouTube thing as well. Yeah, I don't have a YouTube set up yet. We're working on it. It's coming. It's going to be No Doubt Trout as well. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, like, um, you'll, you'll get you, um, yeah, um, boosted up on those uh, social media things. So, like so like you said, once you get get this stuff going as far as, like, your uh, sparring and, and other things are concerned, then you'll we'll be you know, right on it. Yep, yes, sir. That's, that's the plan. You no, know, I'm in the uh, I'm in a few boxing groups, man. So, I'll you know what I'll do, man. I'll start posting that like, man, you know, Chop should be, you know, Keith Thurman's uh, you know, get back fight. You know, cause oh, you know, I yeah, appreciate it. Put, put the word out. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so he's still trying to get back from uh that loss he had to Pacquiao. He look, he he he, he got to have something coming back, so. You know, if he don't jump right in the mix with the top guys, then, man, shit, why not Austin Trout? So I'll put that all over, all over the boxing group that I'm in. No, I appreciate the hell out of that. That's going to do mad work. Because those boxing groups, the chats, that's where the real uh, word of the mouth gets, gets pushed around. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Speaking of the top guys at 147, um, who do you think is the top guy? And after you answer that, I have a secondary question on, okay, who are the top two guys? No no promotional outfit. Top two or three, no promotional outfit. And I have a secondary question after you answer that, Austin Trout. Top, the top welterweight, um, I'm going to say Spence because he's, he's the, the this undisputed champion. Um, then, you know, Crawford, you know, he, he's smacked everything that's been put in front of him. But Spence got the better resume, in my opinion. Okay. All right. So, just who in three? case, who so, you got at three? Yeah. Oh yeah, who three? Oh, uh, number three, me. But I'm assuming to be number one. That's what's nah, up. Sean, Sean Porter should be the close three, but I thought just to put it out, I thought Ugas beat my man Porter. Like he won that fight. So you, you have Sean, you have Sean Porter and Ugas over Manny Pacquiao. Oh shit! I forgot, man. He's not retired. You see, you're right. Manny, yeah, he ain't retired. Manny, he, he's a he's a he, he, he beat Keith Thurman. Yeah, he beats Keith Thurman. He beats. Oh yeah, he should be two or three, but we'll put Manny at three. Okay. All right. So, uh, secondary question for people who say that Terrence Crawford is the best pound for pound fighter in the world. Let's say Terrence Crawford fights you. Would you be the best fighter that he fought on his resume outside of, like, um, at 140 or whatever? At 147, if y'all fought at 147, would you be the best fighter that he fought on his resume? 
Um, well, he has Amir Khan, but yeah, 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 definitely. I'm the real threat. I'd be the best fighter on his resume. I think I think so as well. So I, I don't agree that he's pound for pound number one. And if, if you guys fought, you would be the best fighter that he fought at 147 or whatever outside of 140. So, yeah. I mean, period. I, just, I, mean, I think at 147 or period, I would be the best fighter on his resume. Period. And I, yeah. I don't think he's a pound. I don't. Like I said, Errol Spence has a better resume than, than Crawford at 147. And at 140, Danny Garcia has a better resume than him at 140. Even though he won all those belts. Can't take it away from him. But, you know. You cannot. In... Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Devin Alexander at 140 has, has a better resume. Devin Alexander. Yep. So he can't be the pound for pound. Not yet. Not yet. There you go. Yeah. Um, this, that kind of stems from our uh, previous conversation that we had in the podcast last week with uh, Brother uh, Stephen so-called Nelson, uh, who, you know, is very familiar with uh, Terrence Crawford. Um, so... We had like a good little extended conversation about Terrence Bud Crawford uh, last week, and that was a very entertaining um, segment of the podcast. Uh, there. But yeah, yeah, like you said, man, um, one forty-seven is very deep, and yeah, you would be, you know, the best fighter that Terrence Crawford would uh, face in the welterweight division if they, you know, did make that fight, but. You, like you said, we we're talking about the WBO here, so yeah. I, I don't know uh, about that all stuff, man. But um, you know, going to you know, you being in the um, you know commentator side of things, you you kind of witnessed a lot of uh, fires and fights in uh, various weight divisions. Um, so I'm gonna kind of like throw this bone out here and um, say that one of the Hottest divisions out, particularly this year from last year, is the lightweight division. Um, so, yeah. I, I'll ask, like, who do you think right now is the best fighter or the most talented fighter in the lightweight division? Man, I'm gonna say this kid is special. But we don't know enough yet. It's it's right now. Tank Davis and Devin Haney is between those two. Tank because we know we see when the guy and when we know when Tank puts his mind to it, he's gonna beat you the hell up. But I I feel like David Devin Haney is special. You know, I mean? I, we ain't seen it yet, but I feel like it's there. Uh, wait wait wait. He needs, he needs to step up. You think those are the top two guys? So no guy that has a belt at one thirty five, you think is the top guy? No, I, I don't. Okay. I don't. I think Tank and Haney are the two top ones. Tank I think he'll beat everybody's lines, especially Lomachenko. He's gonna fight with uh with uh with Lopez. Oh, yeah, no no Santa Cruz, right? But that's gonna be at one thirty. Ah, uh, 
Yeah, but he'll 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 go back up to one thirty five after that fight. Cause they're just doing this yeah. one for like pay per view purposes. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Cause. At one thirty, I, I, I don't see I don't see myself for Tank Davis at one thirty after Santa Cruz. Yeah. So let me ask you, Do you think Do you think Tank will fight uh, Haney, Teofimo, or Lomachenko after he fights uh, Leo Santa Cruz? Do you think he'll fight one of those three guys? Uh, I think the Haney fight would probably be the easiest fight to make out of those three. Um, what well, that question was actually to Jr. To Jr. Yeah. You think he will? Fight Haney? Ooh. No, I'm saying, out of those three guys, do you think Haney, Teofimo, or Vasil Lomachenko, after he fights Leo Santa Cruz, do you think he'll fight one of those three guys? The one that I, I see him fighting is Vasil Lomachenko. I'm, okay, I, I can tell you guys right now, he's not going to fight none of those guys after he fights Leo Santa Cruz. Just <laughs> <laughs> to be real. He ain't gonna fight none of those guys after he fight Leo Santa Cruz. Nah, I don't think so either. So, so, so who? So that's why. I so don't who, who will they serve? So who will they serve? Uh, tank, tank after uh, Leo Santa Cruz? Uh, I, I just don't know what else is out there for him. Ryan Garcia. Oh, they might give him. He might. He might fight Jorge Linares. You never know. Hey, Tank will sleep Ryan Garcia. I'm sorry, he will bully that kid. Um, I, I stand by that. I don't think Ryan Garcia wants that smoke. I don't think he wants to fight Jorge Linares. He keeps talking about who who y'all want me to fight next. This, that, and the third is like, ain't you supposed to fight Linares next? Linares can't get to America, so how? Oh uh, yeah, he's stuck Linares? out there. He's stuck yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, he can't, he can't go, go across those borders, man. But, yeah, man, uh, Ryan Garcia, as, as, as me and Matt say, he is barbecue chicken for tanks. Like, barbecue chicken. <laughs> and I mean, that'll be the fight tank. That's the fight tank wants at 135. That's the true fight he wants, but yeah. it's not likely that he doesn't get it. That's the Ryan Garcia wants at 135. It's the biggest too. event at 135. But I don't think... But well, I don't I think that, that uh, Golden Boy. I don't think Golden Boy would put him against Tank. Yeah, yeah, they been not. Of course they will. You think Golden Boy would put Ryan Garcia against Tank? They like money. This is the biggest money fight that you can make at 135. You think these guys? Yeah. Okay, so it's so, so 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 when so do you think Ryan Ryan Garcia and Tank will fight after yeah. uh, Tank fights yeah. Leo Santa Cruz? You think that? Absolutely. And Ryan wants it, and he will push. He will push for it. For uh, hey, there's a reason why Ryan has been uh, calling Floyd lately. Okay, he he's trying to get everything started, get the ball rolling. Okay, yeah. there, there's a, it, it's happening. Okay, yeah, they want that. But like, if you like, like you say, Matt. I mean, that's the biggest fight. You know, they could make it 135. You you would have you know somebody that. You know, a lot of people would like in Ryan Garcia and you know, yeah. somebody that people would, you know, go ahead and hate in Tank Davis. So, you know, have a, you know, guy exactly. that's a villain uh, there. No, no, um, nobody don't care about Devin Haney to, to buy no pay-per-view of him. You know, we've we seen Lomachenko. Come on. No, no, 
Lomachenko, he he's fighting in front of four thousand people. You know, Teofimo Lopez fighting in front of four thousand people. But Tank Davis is filling out a who, who who fought in front of four thousand people? Lomachenko. Did, did you did you see those numbers? Did, or did you actually go to his fight to to be saying it? At, you talking about at the theater in Madison Square Garden? Yeah. It was 4,000 people there. Yeah, of course it was 4,000 people yeah. there. No, that's that's definitely not true. So how many people you think was in the theater at Madison Square Garden? It was definitely over 10,000. You can't fit 10,000 people there. You can't fit 10,000. Yeah, you don't you live can't in New York, my man. Theater. Come on. Why? You don't live in New York. You, come on. You can't fit 10,000 people in there. So you, you can't fit 10,000 people inside of Madison Square Garden. The theater. The theater in Madison Square Garden. The theater. He fought in the theater at Madison Square Garden. He ain't fighting the big garden. He fought in the theater. Okay? Let, 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 let's be correct when we talk about that. But Tank Davis is, is drawing over 10,000 last three times out. Ryan Garcia brought out over 10,000 on Valentine's Day. That's the fight to make. This is what people want to see, man. Nobody cares well, about Lomachenko. I, I, I just can't see. I can't see. I can't see Golden Boy putting Ryan Garcia in the, in the ring with Tank. Why not? They don't like money. It's, it's not. But but they they want to protect their investment a little longer than that. Mm, I don't know about that. They think they think he could beat uh, Tank Davis. No, they <laughs> don't think that. They think he could beat Tank Davis. Listen, he been Delahoya don't been, think that man. He been training with Reynoso. I'm telling you, like, Ryan Garcia, he has been getting so much better in his last few fights. Oh, what has Tank done in his last few fights that tells you that he's getting any better? Ryan Garcia's been getting better. You could have said that same so who thing you have about Adrian Broner. You could have said the same thing about Adrian Broner when Adrian Broner was knocking people like Gavin, whatever his name, out. Because that was in Atlantic, Atlantic City. Yeah, I was in Atlantic City like, oh, man, Asa Brown about to be the this and about to be the that and, you know, stepping up. Even with the Maidana fight, I thought that, that, it, that his trajectory would have been a lot different than it was. I don't think you can say that about uh, Ryan Garcia just because he's beating guys that he's supposed to be. Like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. He was supposed to be uh, Romero Duno because if I remember correctly, uh, Golden Boy President Eric Gomez made it seem like Ryan Garcia wasn't really interested in fighting Duno and that he was scared of Duno. Yeah. Like, like let, let's be right. Let's not, let's not do this revisionist history thing. In the moment, people were claiming that Ryan Garcia was scared of Duno. The same golden boy who Canelo will lose, quotation marks, or, or has um, close fights with people where they know damn well the outcome is, is already written. Oh, there the outcome that is already Golden Boy? written. The outcome is already written. You trying to tell me Canelo? I'll be at a knockout. I'll be at a knockout. Oh my God. Okay. So so Canelo didn't earn these victories, right? Canelo, who, who uh, he had some help, penchant for for being willing to fight anybody in the sport of boxing. He he doesn't earn his victory. I am this not taking third. away from Canelo's will it to win. Like what I am taking away from is that he has help in doing it. He doesn't have help. Nobody's in the ring for him. Nobody's in the ring for him. Just because a close fight doesn't go the way that you thought it should go doesn't mean that a fighter was robbed. It doesn't mean that. 
Man, I think you I think you're trying to stick on your square and prove your point too much when in any other conversation you would admit that if you fight Canelo and you do not knock him out, chances are okay, let's use Floyd Mayweather. He got a, a draw, a draw with Floyd Mayweather. Are you kidding me? He lost the fight with Floyd Mayweather. What are you talking about? On one card, one he the, got a draw. One of the judges, one of the judges you had a draw. CJ Watts, and, and guess what? CJ Watts never worked in boxing again. So what's your point? Matt, Matt the point is what I'm making. Again. The point is what I'm making is that the outcomes, if you're not, if your name, the outcome, if your name is not Floyd Mayweather, it, for most people, is already written. It's going to take someone who has so, much, 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 much more earning power than Canelo to where the outcome is <laughs> already written. I can't believe this. I can't believe this. So Matt, so, so Matt, so who who, who 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 do you think are the two best lightweights? The two best lightweights? I think yes. the two best lightweights are Teofimo Lopez and Tank Davis. Okay. Wow. Who 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 has Tank beat for you to believe that he's the best lightweight? He has to beat anybody at lightweight to make me believe he's the best lightweight. He just can't. He just can't. Um. Help, but be in that division because he can't get in shape to be at 130. I don't even think he should be a lightweight. But he ate okay. So I'm asking you. So I'm asking you. So who has he beat to, to make you think that he's the best at lightweight? He has. I just told you he hasn't beat anybody yet. He just got there. So how come? He just so how come? There. So why? So so how could you say that Terence Crawford is not the best welterweight there? Because you say he had be, haven't beaten anybody. How does that make sense? Yo, you you confusing me with with Mike Grady? That was Mike Grady. No, 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 no. Mike Grady deferred with my boy on this one. Mike Grady deferred. No, 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 no. Mike Grady deferred on this one. Mike Grady don't don't believe in that. So, just because just let, because the power of sand is heavy, don't mean that the grain of sand is heavy. That's let, a lot let, of let me, reality, buddy. Let me explain to you why Terrence Crawford is not the best at welterweight because Errol Spence exists at welterweight. Okay, he's not better than Spence. He's not better than Spence. Like, so you believe Terrence Crawford is the second best welterweight? Ooh, I don't know. Potentially. I don't know. Because who, who's to say he's better than Pacquiao? Who's really to say that? Like, like I'm, I'm not going to be the guy that keeps doubting Pacquiao. I, I'm, done, well, I'm, I'm done with that business. I mean, how could, it's, I mean it's, it's not like Pacquiao hadn't lost to a couple fighters, man. He lost to Floyd Mayweather. Okay. Cool. He lost to Marquez. He lost to Tim Bradley. Uh, he, he got a lot of that, losses on his record. He, he did. Well, come on. He, did he lose to Tim Bradley? Did we did we watch the fight? You were just yes, he did. Just <laughs> cry, <laughs> you were just crying. Hold on. A lot of money on that fight. I won a lot of money on that you fight. Just said, but you on. just said, you just, but you were just crying and complaining about judging with Canelo. And now when there's a fight Who, where it's obvious the other guy uh, didn't win the fight, you said, well, well, Bradley did win. Like, it's like, buddy. No, I didn't I say nothing. I didn't say anything about uh, Canelo uh, robbing robbing people. I didn't say anything. Say that one more again. I don't know. Y'all was both talking. Well, me, the same this, time. this this Linnell from the three one two. I didn't I didn't say anything about Canelo. You know, uh, getting unfair advantages in the ring. I didn't say that. That was Mike Gray. Right. I, I know Tim Bradley. I know I, I know Manny Pacquiao has a loss against Tim Bradley. So you you thought that Bradley deserved to win that fight? I the, did. The first yes. fight, of course. He won seven it. rounds. I respect it. Okay. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. I agree it's, with him. Hey, see, I respect it. That's what you saw. That's what you saw. 
I respect it. <laughs> if that's what you said, what you saw. I ain't see that. But, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, boxing is very subjective. Scoring is very subjective. That's why I don't understand why Mike Grady fixes his lips to, to slander the great El Campeon, the, the, man who, the man who has beaten people from 154 all the way up to 175, the man who will fight anybody, the man with the biggest cojones in boxing, Mr. Canelo Alvarez. I, I just don't understand. So, so I man, don't can, understand I, can I respond to that? Can I respond yes. to that? Guess who I think is the pound for pound number one with Floyd Mayweather with uh, Andre Ward not fighting anymore? Guess who my pound for pound number one is? Uh, who would Mike Grady say? I know you don't watch the lower weight classes, so it's not going to be no one there. <laughs> um, you don't watch the Europeans. So it's not going to be the European. All right, let, let me just say it because I think you're trying to like slander me on, on like national <laughs> on live radio. Canelo Everest is my pound for pound number one, given the body of work that Canelo Everest has done. So I'm not taking away that I don't think that Canelo, in terms of what he does, what he controls, he is the best fighter in terms of what he has accomplished. I can admit to that, and I wholeheartedly believe that. What I can also admit to is that look at the open scoring. With Austin Trout, you can tell that Canelo had help. Look at the the uh, the judges' scorecard where he got a tie with Floyd Mayweather, who literally won damn near every round except for the last one. Whichever round he he was trying not to get hit at the end, he literally won every round, and they gave him a tie scorecard. Look at uh, Laura, who literally boxed around the ring and you know frustrated uh, Canelo for all of those rounds, and you know Canelo won. A substantial amount of rounds. Um, can I? Should let, I keep? Can I keep question, going? Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Be, be <laughs> honest. Be honest. You know, no one's listening. We're talking amongst each other. All right. Do you think? You think Canelo really lost? You think Canelo really lost to Lara and Trout? I think that it was a very close fight with Trout. I think both of those fights was very close. I would literally have to go back and look at my notes Trout, from the fight because I scored the fight. Don't, don't do it. Riding the fence. Don't do what? You riding Don't the do fence. What? Make a decision. Did he lose those fights? Yes or no? You you asking me something that happened five, six years ago. Like, if you'd asked me six years ago, I would have gave you a definitive answer. I think the fight was very close, and I felt that that the way that the scorecards were given, that it was not true to what I saw in the fight. I thought it was some bullshit in terms of, the way that, like, if it would have been a close round where they gave it 7-5 or something like that, whatever, then I would have been okay with that. But whatever. Was, here's the thing I think that, it right? was more, this, this is my opinion on it. I think that it was more, I think that you could have given the fight, the fight between Canelo and Lara, you could, it could have went either way. If it would have went to Lara, you know, nobody could have been mad. But with the fight with Trout, you know, by being a knockdown, you know, you can't really, because that's me, if Canelo wins six rounds and Trout wins six rounds, and Canelo get the knockdown, you got to give it to Canelo. You know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. My answer to him is that I don't remember the specifics. I would literally have to go back and watch the fight again because it was such a long time ago. Yeah. But I remember but the ability the, from the fight. The scorecards score for the Canelo-Trout fight read like this. 118 to 109, 115 to 112, and 116 to 111. 
Okay. What's the problem? You so you so you feel that Canelo Alvarez won eight eight rounds in that fight. So here here's the thing about about boxing and, and rounds. All right. Say like we're having a twelve round fight. Okay. And every uh-huh. single round, every single round is a close round. But it goes to one guy. You're gonna come out Which with a one twenty one. Bradley and Manny Pacquiao. You're going to come out to 121-08, even though it was a close, you got close rounds, but the rounds got to go to somebody. I'm sorry. Which is what happened with Tim Bradley and Manny Pacquiao. Okay, listen. I digress on Pacquiao versus Bradley. If you say that you saw a 7-5 Bradley, I'm not going to argue with you, but we can't sit here and make it seem like Canelo is getting all these unfair advantages because that's just not true. Do you know that there's one always one scorecard with Canelo that that is abnormally wide, like wider than than it should be. Like, hey, like he, he literally hey, has one judge. Say it again. Maybe they gave the close rounds to Canelo. What do you want? What do you want me to do? Of course. Wonder why they gave the close rounds to Canelo? <laughs> because he won the damn round. That's why some people value. Okay, man. Oh, you believe what you want to believe. So, so you don't think they're corruption in boxing. You don't think of there's course, corruption in boxing? Is that what of you're saying? Of course there's corruption. There's corruption amongst the WBO. There's corruption in the IDF. You know, there's corruption in boxing. But so I don't think that corruption has anything to do with Canelo. Hey, we're not going to talk about Mauricio Suleiman, the great, the great president <laughs> of the WBC, Mauricio Suleiman. Okay, let's not talk about him, okay? He, he's the man. Okay. <laughs> Mauricio is trying to make boxing great again, okay? So I like Mauricio. He's all right by me. All right, so, Matt, do you think there's reason for people to promote and or push up Canelo as opposed to another fighter outside of Canelo? Is there a reason? Is there a, a reason for intent to to unfairly push up Canelo over another fighter? Mm, not really, because if you think about it, man, I'm gonna stop talking to you, dog. No, listen, 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 listen. Canelo <laughs> is not as big a draw as you might think that he is. He, he, but compared really to most not. other fighters, only how big of a draw is he? There's only one reason why I would say that. Because he's with the zone. <laughs> well, no, get off the not that. get off the dead zone. Not that. So why why do you think that he's not as huge a draw as people think he is? Come on, man. What is it that he doesn't do? He don't speak no English. Okay, there you go. Hey, man. That is true. But but listen, Floyd Mayweather barely spoke English, and he was the biggest draw of boxing. This dude. That's so funny. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Hey, that's about you funny. So where do you guys, so where do you rank Canelo as far as, like, what, what draw he is in, in, in boxing? I think he is probably the number one draw, but it's not, it's not Oh, like, my fucking gosh, man. I'm about to get is. off the phone. That's what I'm saying. Like, you got to be confused. I don't, I don't, I mean, you guys go back, you, you I mean, you guys contradict yourself so much, man. No. So you saying draw, that Canelo is not but, as. But bigger draw as you think he is, but he's the number one draw in boxing. So that means you don't think boxing is a big is a, is a big sport. Boxing is a niche sport. It's not a it's not a huge sport. Boxing is not a huge sport. Come on now, let's 
Let's keep it real. I mean, real, it's not know? okay compared to other sports. It's not huge, but anytime the the top draw in the sport is always huge. And if Canelo is the top draw, then he, he he's a huge draw. What is what are you guys talking so, about? All right, let me ask you a question. Let, you let think they pay Canelo thirty two million dollars just for fight? One guy. That's one guy. I only agree with him on one point. That was that was it. Just one point, not this one. There's a Canelo. lot of let, let, let's talk about the biggest draws in boxing history. You tell me if Canelo outdrew them. We know we're not going to talk we're about We're talking Mayweather. about right now. We ain't talking about in boxing history, man. Yeah, but but the whole market itself is smaller. That's that's what you not understand. The whole market itself is smaller. So although he is the top guy right now, he, he comparable to the past top guys, he's not as big a draw. The past top guys like who? How, how about this? Like, how, how, how about this one? How about this one, Matt? Do you no, 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 no. Wait, wait, Alvarez? guys. Who... Now you talking about the past? I'm talking about what? What right past now? guys Who's besides Floyd, draw? Pacquiao, and guys like that were not beginning? Were, were, were beginning um, Canelo. Besides Mike Tyson, Pacquiao, Floyd, Pacquiao, Pacquiao those type Pacquiao of guys. Right now, it's only a handful. It's, it's only a handful right of guys that's bigger than. Pacquiao's a bigger draw? You said Pacquiao's I'm a bigger draw. I'm asking, is he? No. Uh, I would say yeah. Ooh. I would say yeah. And I'll tell Bro, you why. Bro, listen. If Canelo, tell you, if Canelo fought every, if Canelo fought Adrian Brown, it'd do a million buys. No, it wouldn't. No, yes, it, it would. would. It, listen, we've it would, seen it, Canelo. It'd do more than 400,000. It'd do more than 400,000. Let me ask you a question. How much did Canelo draw against Liam Smith? I don't know how much he drew against. That was fucking six, well, like, seven years ago when he was at 154. Like, like, I don't remember. Like 300,000, something like that? 300, maybe? maybe yeah, but we're talking about now, not seven years ago. And now his draw power. He's a bigger star than he was when he fought Liam Smith. If he is he, a bigger star he, than Joe, he, he, he's unified, he unified the middleweight division yes, since listen, then. Yes, he yes, beat Gennady Golovkin's fight. You don't got to tell me Canelo's huh? resume. I know Canelo's resume. You don't got to tell me. I know his resume. Right, but you're talking about, about what, what, how big of a draw he was when he fought Liam Smith compared to now. That doesn't make sense. If, if because he's such a big draw. Let me ask you a question. He's such a big okay, draw. Okay, how, how many bags did Floyd Bush and Atua Gotti get? Listen, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a simple question. Let's not, let's not jump around. If he is such a big draw, then why can't he get the zone to over a million subscribers? Cause people cheap. I don't know, man. The zone is but they pay him. But 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 they pay him. But they pay him. But they pay him thirty six million to fight for a reason. Great, great, and they stupid. And and and, and, and they and, why, and they won't why, go down. And they're not gonna go down on it. That's why they lost almost a billion dollars in two years. That's why. Hey. That's why. Hey, two, they thought, that, that, they thought Canelo was gonna was gonna be the the guy that's gonna take them to the mainstream, but it just hasn't happened. Why, if Canelo's such a big draw, then why the hell did they have Canelo and Sergey Kovalev sleeping on a couch while Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal is fighting in UFC? You think if that was Floyd, <laughs> then Floyd's going to be laying on a damn couch waiting for a, another event to finish? He's not, a, he's not that big a draw. Sorry. Man, he's the biggest draw in boxing right now, man. You can and, talk all that, that about what? Floyd, but we're talking about who's what? fighting now, man. That means what? And so who, man? He's a pretty girl. Saying, so what you're saying is right, it, 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 it means just as much as you saying that Tank right. Davis is the, the right, biggest draw at, at 135. That, that's that's how much it means. Right. 
It's all relative. Hold you're on. telling me that Canelo that Canelo's the prettiest girl amongst a group full of ugly bitches. That's what you're telling me right now. Okay? <laughs> he's just it's just hey, she's still getting played at the market. Wait, wait, wait. She's still wait. getting a lot of play. Hey. Hey, folks want to get that number. <laughs> Hey Matt, let me let me let me go back to my my point that you tried to like skip over. So okay. you admit that Canelo is a top draw right now. That's what you said, correct? Uh yeah, I say he's the top draw. Which means what is the probably topmost reason for him to have favor, unfair favor, bias oh toward him? God. What's the topmost reason? So you're <laughs> saying, what is this? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. See, this is this is where we have to get into the nuance of the discussion because you're very black and white, and I respect that about you. But this this is a nuanced discussion. So yes, he's the top draw. But if he's so much far in a, in a way the top draw that it wor- that it that it warrants him being covered unfair advantages to other people, I don't think so. Yes, he is. Okay. Yes, Listen, we'll agree of course he we'll is. Agree to disagree. We'll agree to disagree. All I know is Canelo. Well, just admit it. You know just admitted that boxing. I, if you I, say boxing I, is a small I, sport, then why wouldn't he be? It's not I, as big I, as it I was. Disagree as far as like okay, where so, Canelo is in his standing as the most popular fighter in the sport today, because I feel that Manny Pacquiao could still make a case for being that. Right. Now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's my point. But is there not favor for Manny Pacquiao when Manny Pacquiao was at his top level for him to win no. fights? No. There was not favor no. for him to win. <laughs> no. He got robbed by Jeff Warren. What are we talking that about? Is, that is him being, listen, that is him being the end of his career where, where oh uh, Bob Aaron thought he was his usefulness, his utility had been used all up. That That was that. Bob Aaron wanted them to have a rematch. That is exactly what that was. He wanted him to lose because Manny Pacquiao was thinking about leaving. And he okay, so how many how many pay per view bags did Jeff Horn versus uh, Pacquiao do? Hold, hold on, real quick. I got two on the line. What, what's going on? You're on the box radio. Hello. Yo. Hey. Somebody Hello. Yeah, 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 we did. You got a little bit of feedback, though. Okay. Yeah, this uh, this is my first time ever calling in. What uh, Y'all talking about Canelo or talking about Manny Pacquiao? Both. We, we talking about Canelo Everest having favor. I made a point to say that Canelo Everest gets favor in him fighting fighters. And so we have another caller who's saying that, no, he doesn't get favor. So I was like, okay, let's, let's dig into that a little deeper. In certain fights with Canelo – if you have a close fight with Canelo, Canelo is going to get one or two judges that give him outrageous scorecards, like very one-sided scorecards. Case in point, uh, Floyd Mayweather, case in point, Austin Trout, case in point, uh, Aries Landy, Laura. And so the, the other caller is like, nah, he doesn't have favor. He just, you know, he's just good and he's just winning, which he is, but he still has favor in, in him winning these fights. And so then we went – into another tangent where somebody was talking about Manny Pacquiao and about does Manny Pacquiao get favor? And so I'm like, yes, Manny Pacquiao had got favor at the point that he was, you know, a very relevant fighter. And then they mentioned Jeff Horn to say that if he got favor, then why did he lose to Jeff Horn? And so my response was because his utility was ending. Bob Aaron 
Aaron wanted him to continue fighting, which means that strategically, if he lost, that means he was going to do a rematch and fight for Bob Aaron again and resign, which I think all of that is true. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Jr. Well, um, I mean, I think yeah. I mean, anytime you the cash cow, I mean, you kind of get a little bit of favor. I mean, that's. I mean, that's nobody can deny making. that. That no. Uh, hey, deny it, Matt. Deny. It. No, no. He said nobody can deny it, Matt. So what you got to say to that? Well, first, I want to say, Mike Grady, that was an excellent summary of everything we just talked about. Like honestly, that, that was great. I, I got to read more of your recaps on Facebook, but. My whole thing with Canelo. Did you add him on my, Facebook, though? Yeah, yeah you already had him on your Facebook. Hey, he didn't add me to the group. How the fuck you got a boxing group this long and didn't add me to the boxing group? I didn't know nothing about your dang boxing group. That's so messed up, man. <laughs> well, Everybody on the boxing group but me. Stop slandering Canelo. And you can make it. But here's the thing. <laughs> so, Canelo Alvarez, I think that just because of his style as – uh, uh, first of all, Canelo is a, a great style of puncher. He's a slick, athletic fighter, and he changes his style uh, mid-fight to fit the certain matchups. So I think that because his fight, where he doesn't have like a defined style, that sometimes it appears to the casual observer that, wow, this fight's really close. No, it's just Canelo making minor adjustments tinkering here and there, doing just enough to win these rounds. And then people get mad that he wins these close fights. It's just his style. It's his style, Thank you, man. Wait, wait, wait. So you, so you don't believe that they, they close round? Say that again? Uh, of course. Listen, just because it's a close round doesn't mean Canelo didn't win the round. That's true. It doesn't mean that he didn't lose the round. It don't mean that he didn't win the round. I do <laughs> think that Canelo's pretty much deserved every, every uh, fight. I just don't think the scores are necessarily correct. Now, the Floyd one was ridiculous. I mean, because there's no way that that was a draw. That but, was um, ridiculous, and the lady never worked in boxing again. She literally never worked in boxing again. So CJ Ross. Yeah, never worked again. So when you have situations where, like, things are just out of whack, where either someone's corrupt or just so incompetent, they're, they're, they're out of the sport. It happens. Bad scorecards happen. It doesn't just happen with Canelo. I'm, I'm going to tell you Bad the biggest advantage that Canelo has right now over everybody else. He's the best fighter. Biggest advantage that, the biggest advantage that Canelo has is the fact that he's able to pick and choose whoever he wants to fight. Everybody else doesn't have that. You know, they don't have that under their belt. Anybody from 160 to 175, if Canelo wants to fight him, he can get that fight. Well, that's, that's what come biggest, when, when you when you hey, when you're the cash cow. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I agree. I'm saying that's the biggest that's the biggest thing that he has. He's able to pick whoever he wants, and not too many people are going to turn down a Canelo fight. Triple that's G my, that's, that, that's, that's, Yeah, I mean, because you got everybody I calling him out. I, mean, I, I said not too. I said not too many. People. I didn't know nobody. Some people claim that Caleb Plant turned down the Canelo fight, but that's a whole nother. I said not too many. I didn't say everybody. Not too many. If, if you ask, if you ask yeah. hundred, if you ask hundred fighters from one fifty four, I mean from one sixty to one seventy, shit. Well, from one fifty four, from one fifty four to one seventy five yeah. to fight Canelo, ninety five of them will say yes. Will sign that contract. Definitely. That is true. That is true. But he still has to fight the fight. 
Yep, you still got to fight but, the fight. But when I say that, when you're yeah, able he, to pick and choose who you want to fight, and you able and you know people not going to say no, you're able to pick people at the most vulnerable times. Oh, here we go. Here we it's go. It's true. Canelo I mean, but I mean, Canelo, but so wait, hold on, hold on. so so is he getting gift decisions or is he picking people at the vulnerable time? Because I never said he got. If, I never said he had gift decisions. I never said he had gift decisions. Okay. Like I said, with the trout, with the trout fight, I feel like it could have been a citizen. Okay, so yes, it, who did it, he pick? That he, yeah. It seems like people say the same thing about whoever is the, whoever is the money draw, because that's the mm-hmm. same thing that people try to say about Floyd. Yeah, like and it happened. Like, no, what, but what I'm saying, okay, so who did who did Canelo fight that they were vulnerable? Was he just fought Kovalev? Kovalev yeah, was seven years old and started fighting any any of the other top uh, light heavyweights. Kovalev was. You think he's going to fight? You think you think you think Canelo's going to get in the ring with Art yeah. Better BL? I don't think. I don't think. I mean, I think he just went up to try to Bro, get a belt at, 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 at one sixty eight. Who did he fight at one sixty eight? No, but what I'm saying is, I just think that he just went up to light heavyweight to try to get a belt. That was that was that was Canelo trying to get a belt at one seventy five. It wasn't so okay, much so, that. Um, who, who did he who, who did he beat at 168? Rocky Fielding. Okay, Rocky Fielding. another point. He beat Rocky Fielding at 168. He wasn't vulnerable though. Rocky Fielding just not that that not that he just wasn't the best 168 champion. He saw an opportunity and he just took it. He wasn't. He wasn't even a real champion. Let me, let me ask you a question. That's what I'm saying. He just went up there to try to get something to validate him at 168. It wasn't exactly. that, that so Rocky Fielding. Picking and choosing instead of fighting the best guy in the He picked Rocky Fielding. He so, was yeah, picking he, and choosing. He, he, he's picking people that, if you pick someone, <laughs> okay. if you pick okay. someone that has no, no chance of beating you, and you have the opportunity to fight anybody. No, he had people. a chance to beat him. He had a chance to beat him because he never even fought at that weight before. Like the first time you ever fight at a weight, you have to fight the absolute one hundred percent best person. His, his exactly. career's not even over yet. His career's not over, and he fought one person at 168 who happened to be, even though it's and a Buddha tr- champion, no, he still was bro. a champion. I mean, his first he's fight is to, that. Look, look, who, look who he's trying to fight at 168. He's trying to fight Golovkin at 168, man. Why not? When there's a lot of people that's already at 168 who he could fight. Come on, right, man. Let me, Stop. Let, me ask you a question. Let, me, let me ask you a simple question, right? Let me ask you a simple question. Who do you think is the best fighter at welterweight. At welterweight, I feel like it's uh, Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford. All right. Who do you I think, think Terrence Crawford the best too? At, at, cool, at one forty-seven, cool, cool. I definitely. I think it's. Cool. I think it's Terrence Crawford. Who do you I think disagree. is the worst? I disagree. You, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. Let me make my point. Who do you think is the worst champion at one sixty? The worst champion at one sixty. At one sixty. Um. The worst champion. I mean, I guess you can say Andrade, but I honestly, I feel no, like I don't think he don't. I think Andrade is be. I think he could beat everybody at one sixty. Besides, right? Kennedy. That's what I was about to say. Okay. I was about to say that. I was about to say. I guess you who can say Andrade because of cash. No, no. Who do you say? I don't care about what nobody else says. Who do you think is the worst champion at one sixty? Me? At this point, Golovkin. Is it Golovkin or Charlo? So let's put it together. It's one. 
I mean, is, is Charlo is Charlo the real champion now? I mean, I don't. I'd be so confused, man. Is he the champion so now at one hundred and sixty? Yeah, said, it's a bunch Who are all? Hold on, wait, wait. Who are all the champions at one hundred and sixty? The real champion, not not the. Not the uh, Charlo is the WBC champ. He is the Who are all the champions, champ, man? Champ. Okay, Charlo, Charlo is the worst champion at 160. Charlo is the worst champion at 160, then. Okay, so now let's, let's put this all together. Now, if Terrence Crawford was to go up to 160 and fight the worst champion, Charlo, would you say Terrence Crawford is cherry picking? No, but, but what are you depends on who it is. Fuck? So why the fuck would Canelo go up two weight divisions? He didn't go up two weight divisions. He went up he went up one weight division. To fight the champion, why is it he? He went up one. Okay. He went up one weight division. Okay. 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 How many fights has Canelo had? He had one fight at one sixty eight. Let me ask you this. So one fight at one seventy five. At what point? Hold on. Wait. At what point should Canelo go after the best at one sixty eight? Then because he already fought. uh, uh, what's the guy at one season? I Fielding. keep fucking forgetting his name, baby. Who? Martin Fielding. You said yeah. but, Fielding. But okay, he wait, just wait, fought wait. Fielding. Wait. Wait, no, wait. no, no, no. He just fought Fielding. So he's trying to fight Golovkin okay. at 168. At what point does he fight the top guys at 168? Who, who's the Golovkin fight is just the, 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 um, the, the, the Golovkin fight is just to try to cash grab before, before no, Golovkin retires. That's the question. At what point does he fight the top fighters at 168? Who's the top fighters? At what point does once, he fight... I the think, Benavidez, I think, Callum Smith. Callum Smith. Callum Smith barely even won his last fight. Man, he gonna man, he gonna whip Smith fast. It so, doesn't. Uh, it doesn't matter. He's a champion say, look, at the weight listen, class. Listen, he's better everybody than gonna say, er, everybody gonna say why he fought Smith instead of going up to one seventy five to fight better be there. That's what they gonna say. He gonna, you know, it doesn't matter what they say, man. Everything changes. Everything changes when it's when it's the cash cow. People keep shifting yeah. the goal. They like, keep shifting. Like before Mayweather, after he fought Manny Pacquiao, and then his next fight was against Andre Bird. They were like, oh, why couldn't he fight uh, Keith Thurman or or this guy or you know Amir Khan or something. Like, it's always going to be out there when it comes to the cash cow. Like, cash cow, as, as was said before, basically has the ability to fight anybody that he wants to. And so with him fighting Rocky Fielding after that second Golovkin fight, he fought Fielding, he beat Fielding, then turned around and he fought Daniel Jacobs at 160 to unify the Very country. credible fight. A very credible and fight. Then, very credible. And then after that, he fought Sergey Kovalev. He fought Sergey Kovalev because Kovalev was the biggest fight to make at 175. And, and Kovalev was the biggest name at 175. He was the biggest name Even at 175. Even though Kovalev probably wasn't so. the best at 175, he was the biggest name at 175. You, and here's the thing. You can't name me one other fighter that can move up two weight divisions fight even the worst champion in that weight division, and then it's called cherry picking. They only do that with Canelo, because Canelo is a gangster, and people don't want to admit it, okay? Why didn't Golovkin go up to 175 to fight Sergey Kovalev? Why didn't Charlo or Andre do it? Any of these guys could have went up to 175 to try to fight Sergey Kovalev if he was that Because easy. they wouldn't fight them because they don't bring enough to the table to make it so worth, it worth their while. Versus, Golovkin versus Kovalev could be a fight that could have been made <laughs> in New York? A bunch of Russians and crazy Golovkin fans in New York? 
You telling me they couldn't tell that true. Come on, that's man. true. Y'all not being honest when it comes to Canelo. Y'all, y'all, y'all putting these these Floyd Mayweather expectations <laughs> on Canelo. It's not right. Canelo is the biggest draw, but Golovkin is still one of the big draws. So I mean, he can make big fights. He can make big fights. Yeah. How many people but, attended that Golovkin Derevianchenko fight? Uh, yet, well, how many people attended that Golovkin Steve Rose fight? You got to understand something. He's at the zone right now. The zone is the dead zone in boxing. All right? So whatever's going on at the zone, their fights just don't garner the type of attention that they should. And that's why I think Canelo took a hit as the biggest draw in the sport because he's fighting on an app that nobody has. Canelo versus Golovkin did over a million pay-per-view buys. But yet any Canelo fight on the zone can't get them over a million subscribers. That just tells you people don't know about the zone. They don't care about the zone. People want to be able to click their remote they don't know how to, to use, watch they their They don't know boxing. how to use cell phones and, and apps, man. They need, to, they need to get with the times. They're too old. No, I'm kidding. No, damn that. How about the zone get with the audience of boxing and get on a fucking TV? Get on the TV. I'm listening. Well, the zone, the zone have does have an app that works on, like, uh, like my uh, LG whatever TV. Like the app can be downloaded on like smart TVs. Yeah. Who doing that? Who doing that? But you know, you know, like, like listen, listen. I'm gonna tell you. Only, only, only real boxing fans are gonna even have the zone. And then you even have some people who call themselves boxing fans, but they're just really like they only follow like I want to follow PBC or I want to follow that. Only, but only real boxing fans is gonna even. Go to all of the like different platforms. But here's the thing: the zone has multiple sports on. It's not just boxing. Yeah, so, they have soccer and all kind of stuff on there. And, and this is America. Nobody gets the. But I, I mean, I mean, I don't watch none of it. I only, I only have America. the zone just for boxing, straight up. So here's my thing: if I if I have to watch your product on my phone or device, I'm just gonna illegal stream it. You better get your ass on TV if you want me to buy it. Oh no, don't 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 say that. You damn right. You say you damn right. Stream Showtime pay per views. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. I bought I bought all the Wilder pay per views. You bought all the Wilder pay per views. Not reflect the the thoughts and opinions of the Boxing Source Radio Show. <laughs> we do need that, yo. I'm gonna put, yo. I'm gonna put that. <laughs> I need to start making a disclaimer on these shows, man. Listen, ain't nothing wrong with illegal streaming, all right? Y'all act like y'all act like Did you did you use Napster back in the day? Did you ever use Napster back in the day? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you ain't get that message. Listen, you about something me, being wrong with it. You try to tell me uh, that when you watch when you watch porn, you pay for it. Hey, there's, hey, there's hey! What I do stuff. on my own time there, is what I do on my own time. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. No, there's a lot of stuff that I would stream illegally. But when it comes to boxing, that's one thing I want illegally stream. 
Yeah, it depends on who's fighting. Yeah, I think I think I think the only one that I streamed was uh, if I got illegally streaming. Love then I just watch I, 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 stream, I definitely yeah. streamed that then, bullshit. I just won't. Yeah, I just won't watch something like that. <laughs> if this if this pay per view fight and it's not worth bad pay per view, I just wouldn't buy it. All right. So I guess you. I guess you. You pay for Pornhub Premium. I guess that's what it is. <laughs> I, pay for, I pay for porn. What what does what does porn have to do with boxing? Because if you could get it for free, then what the hell are you paying for it for unless you want to support something specific? Okay. But, but, wait, wait, and I do not nah, want to use my porn is free anyway, man. Come on, man. No, it's only free because somebody had to pay for it at some point. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It, listen, porn and boxing are very closely related. I don't value porn, right? though. I value oh, boxing. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Listen, if there's one thing I know about America is that people will pay. So you you telling us on live radio that you be watching porn, huh, Matt? Of course I watch porn. I'm a, I'm a grown-ass man. You did right to watch porn. What kind of question is that? <laughs> what the hell? I'm a grown-ass man. Come on, man. No, no, Mike, Mike Grady, a, 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 a priest now. Come on, man. Get out of here with that, man. I'm not a priest. I'm fucking with you, man. <laughs> but listen, I don't want. I don't want things too difficult. Why can't we just have the zone on a regular TV channel? A regular TV channel that I could just flick the remote and turn the channel on. And then if I want to buy one of their events, I buy one of their events. Why they got to make it difficult? Um, well, I every think the theory has a different vision, vision, Matt. Hmm? Every every business business theory is supposed to be easy because people, you might not be at your TV and you, got, you just got your phone or you got your tablet. That's their theory. Like, you're supposed to just be able to, you can watch it wherever you are. That's the yeah. theory. Yeah. But you can, watch it, it, you can watch it on your TV, or you can watch it on the airplane, or you can watch it in the car. Well, you know, here's one well, thing. Well, I mean, if, if you have a hey, smart hey, TV, hey, you hey, have a DAZN app, you can have the app on your TV. And so everybody you can, you should have a smart TV, TV hey, these hey, days. Hey, everybody hey, has a smart TV now. Hey, yeah. Hey, if, if, if the Impact Network could be on TV, then the zone could be on TV, Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> like, come on. What are we even talking about here? Get your ass on TV. <laughs> One thing the zone needs to understand about boxing is that boxing is a communal sport, okay? The, the, they want to talk about they're going to kill pay-per-view. You'll never kill pay-per-view. You want to know why? Because people like to get together and watch fights and have a nice little fight party. You're not doing that watching that shit on your cell phone, okay? I don't want to Bro, watch you, Matt, you keep saying fight. that, but you can watch the zone on the TV. It's not okay. But, but here's, the, uh, okay. here's the thing that he's saying, though. Here's the thing that he's saying. Even on the TV, you I can watched, still I watched have Canelo. I watched Canelo versus Jacobs at the movie theater. Yeah. Oh, okay. On, okay. On the okay look. TV. I was at the barber shop. I was at, okay. Like, if y'all don't know, I live all, um I live in LA. So, I was at the barber shop getting my hair cut when Joshua Ruiz two came on, and you know I was I was just sitting there waiting to get my cut. And then I, um, I, I was like, hey, any of y'all watching that fight? And then they was like, what fight? I told them. And so immediately I just, um, I, I, gave, I gave my barber the password, 
bam, he just put it on the TVs in the barbershop. You see, everybody in the barbershop, that's how we watched the Joshua uh, Ruiz fight. So it's like nobody was going to pay pay-per-view to watch that fight out here in L.A. But because you fight. Not every fight should be on pay-per-view. I'm, but I'm just saying, though, that's an example of how the zone app works. Like, and so it's that's... Complicated. I, it's only complicated if you try to act like it's complicated, man. It's, two, it's 2020. Everybody know how to use apps now. So why they can't get subscribers? Because people don't know about the zone as much yet. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it's true. Like, a lot of people I mean, don't... It ain't even business. You, ain't you'll even be surprised what people yeah, don't know yeah. about. You'll be surprised what people don't know about. Yeah, people don't know about Is this app, is, even the people that make this app, aren't they, like, basically out of the UK? Yeah. yeah. Somewhere over okay. there. Okay, so, I mean, that's part of the answer. They, 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 they build, they're building yeah. themselves up over here in America. I'm literally probably one of the only people who, who, I, who I like, like, like out of my good friends, people that I really, really know, I may be the only person who even have the zone. <laughs> Shit. I'm probably so one of the only I, people out of my friends that has the zone, too. Seriously. So whenever I go somewhere, if something is, like, if it's a good fight, I just, it's, it's like I have to talk it up to people. I have to be like, hey, man. You you um you ever seen so and so so and so fight? I have to like say it like that to make people even like wanna like watch it on their TV. Or if not, then I just gotta like look at it on my phone while everybody else and just then, doing whatever they're doing. And, and, yeah, and let's be real. Yo, what happened? I was gonna say, man, let's no, be real, man. When you get to making, when you get to thirty making thirty six million dollars a fight, man, who gives a fuck about all the rest of that shit? Hey, hey I ain't knocking the fighter. I'm just saying. Yeah, uh, I'm sure the fighters don't me, care. Yeah, if the zone want me to subscribe, though, they better make it easier. I, I see that they they got themselves on Comcast in some areas of the country, so they are on TV in some areas of the country on demand. But they better bring that shit to New York if they want my money again, because I, I'm just not. I'm not going through. The, if I gotta go through the hassle, then I might as well just illegal stream it. Sorry, I don't give a shit. Uh, if if, if Anthony Joshua uh, attracts these subscribers. I don't care. Anthony Joshua was never on pay-per-view in the U.S. before anyway. A lot of these fighters they have, with the exception of Canelo, are not pay-per-view fighters in the U.S. anyway. So what's the difference? I think that's why they're trying to, like, you know, um, I think that's why they're throwing big money at at fighters in America, though. So if, if they get certain fighters... And then people hear like, "Hey, so and so, so and so is fighting on the zone." Like, hey. oh, they're fighting. Hey, wait, hey, 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 Ryan Garcia fighting on the zone. He ain't pay per view. He ain't pay per view neither. Ryan Garcia Who? was famous before. The oh zone. yeah, yeah, Garcia. Ryan Garcia was famous <laughs> before the zone. Listen, Devin Haney's on. Is, is, I mean, he's on the zone okay. too. I mean, it doesn't Ryan matter if he was famous and, before the zone. He's He's famous and, and, and he's nobody, on the zone right now. And nobody cares about Devin Haney. Not a damn person cares about Devin Haney except for Bill Haney. That's it. Nobody that's not true. Oh, no. That's not true. No, that's hey, not true. Hey, yeah, I know that. I, Devin I know Haney. that's not true either because we had Gary Russell Jr. on here and he cares okay, about well, Devin Haney because he wants that fight. <laughs> how many people do people care about, though? They care about Canelo. They care about Pacquiao. They care about Wilder. They care about Joshua. <laughs> they care about Spence. They care about who? They care about Spence, and that's where it ends. 
I don't even know. I'm, well, yeah, yeah. I guess you could say they care about spirits. So, so, so what you said? Five, you, you, you said five names. Are these all the people you care about, man? I don't give a. I don't give a shit about Anthony Joshua. Trust me when I tell you. I mean, I mean, so, I mean, so, 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 what did you say? You said five names. About five, six people. Five. People really care about. Okay, so, okay, so, so that's a boxing problem then. How I mean, like so, 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 so the zone has to have so they only could, so their app only could work if they have these five people and that's it. I mean, like, like they have to have they have to first of all they have to make it their app easily accessible. Second of all, it is easily accessible. accessible. It's, it's easily accessible. It's, it's easy. Netflix, it's easy. Is Netflix easily accessible? Netflix, yes, it is. What about okay. YouTube? What about YouTube? YouTube, YouTube is not easily accessible on the TV. It's not as yes, easy. it is. The people, the people who don't have a smart Man, TV. Yes, you're right. Listen, I don't know how many people like like how, how many, many people houses I go over. People like like it's, it's so many people who. TVs now, like I be going over there, like man, why you just don't have regular direct TV? Everybody got Hulu, Roku, they got all all yeah, this stuff with apps on it. Like everybody watch stuff through apps. Don't nobody watch regular. Everybody TV watch Netflix. There. Everybody watch Amazon. Like everybody watch stuff like on apps. You know how I watch My NBA? You know how I watch NBA? You know how I watch NBA? I turn on. I watch NBA through. I I I got I got I had the the YouTube TV app, and that's how I was watching it. The NBA. The NFL, NFL app, the Zone app, YouTube, YouTube, yeah, so TV, Hulu, like all of that in the Roku sit at the very least. Yeah, yeah but it's you're accessible. It's just, it's just, it's you're just not that you're many popular you're fighters. Nerd, JR. Come on now, you're a computer nerd. So of course you, you, are, you, you know what you're doing with that. <laughs> That's what you do. You're a nerd. Like, like what the hell? But somebody like me. Wait, hey, hey, uh, table. What I, I'm, I'm a nerd from the south, so, so I'm, I'm one of those. <laughs> hmm. Country nerd. Yeah, you're a country nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, and the oh. zone. First of all, the zone doesn't even look good on a big screen TV because the. Uh, Whatever whatever parameters they're using for their resolution is trash. Oh shit! Now you. Big kid, <laughs> hey, what if they can't, what if they can't go, go get past seven twenty? So you watch so 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 you watched the you watched the zone fight on the big screen TV before? Yes, I have. I used to have. Yeah, I watched I watched the Canelo versus Jacobs fight on the big screen. And it looked fine to me. It's just because your vision blurry. All right, you. It does not look fine. <laughs> it, it doesn't look okay. fine. It doesn't work. Okay. I got a really big TV, man. And it, and the zone looks fine on this really big TV. Listen, when you can see the a blade of grass on your TV watching the NFL Sunday package, the zone looks like you're watching shit with watery eyes. I'm telling you, it's not good. <laughs> not, to mention, not to mention the, the stream. The stream is trash. I, I've seen better illegal streams than what the zone is streaming. Like, they need to hire JR to fix their shit. All right? I'm telling you right now, the zone, listen, uh, listen uh, not, I don't want to talk about the zone no more, man. Y'all got it. The zone is the greatest. Let's stop talking about the zone. It works perfectly fine. It works perfectly fine. No problems with the zone. Oh, man. Hey, yeah. 
Oh, I'm about to close this thing out, man. Yo. <laughs> Yo, hey, before you close out, is, is Trout, is my guy Trout still there? Nah, he he Who? had dropped out, man. He couldn't get back in. Oh, okay, oh, okay, oh. okay. Jim, I wanted to ask him if he believed in aliens since he's from New Mexico. Shit. Oh, God. Maybe, maybe next time. Maybe next time. <laughs> All right, y'all, peace. Hello. All right, man. Hey. That's it for the Boxing Stories Radio Show. I thank everybody for calling in. Um, you know, for this one, we're going to have it uh, once again <clears throat> uh, next Sunday, uh, 7.30 uh, Eastern Time on the 24th of May. Um, might see if we can get another guest in. I might try to get uh, WBO Super Featherweight Champion uh, Jamel Herring in. Uh, for the next show, so be on the lookout for updates for that. Um, and like I said, at the end of every show, folks, corner by three is a hit, and I can hit, not the same trade. On that note, folks, I'm out. Have a good evening, everybody. Bon, 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 baby. <laughs> <laughs>